Hello everyone, Loremaster Sotek here with my co-host as always, Nathan, also known as Great Book of Grudges. And it is that time of the week again, it's Lorebeards. And not only is it Lorebeards, but uh, it's Lorebeards at the regular time on a regular day, which is wonderful and lovely. It's almost like we're, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's almost like we're doing this as a thing or something. So uh, welcome everyone to the podcast. We hope you had a wonderful week. Uh, a lot of stuff happened over the last week, uh, which we'll be getting to a lot of it um, as we go through the show. Uh, we have a pretty packed schedule, so we're not really going to waste too much time. But uh, Nathan, how are you doing? How's your day been? Good. good. Uh, it would be a lot better if my cat would stop trying to bite my cables. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, good, good. Nice little Sunday, a nice little chill day where um, I'm just relaxing for the first time in... God, it's been a hectic week. <laughs> Has it? But yeah, good. <laughs> How are you? Uh, I'm good, and realizing that this is actually better without my green screen behind me, apparently. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I really enjoyed uh, kind of the last little bits and pieces of all the uh, reveals for last week for Mortal Empires. It was a pretty fun ride uh, for all the start positions, everything, but... Outside of that, week was all right. Like, can't complain too much. Celebrated my brother's birthday, and he had us go out to a very bougie restaurant, uh, at least by my standards. But it was it was nice. It, I I was expecting it to be much more stuck up than it ended up being. So that was a that was a pleasant surprise. Uh, it hmm. wasn't it wasn't too bad. <laughs> but I was like, why do I gotta why do I gotta wear like nice clothes in summer? Because that means I've gotta wear like long pants and it's hot and just whatever. But, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. And it, man, it is hot everywhere. It seems like, um, I'm just reading yeah. news about heat waves in like almost every dang part of the Northern hemisphere It is rough right now for a lot of people. Uh, it is uh, very brutal at the time that we're doing this. I can tell you it is 34 degrees Celsius in my room. I'm dying. That's like 90 something for you guys. In your room? In my room. Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> what are y'all even doing? Oh, man. It's like, mm. I think it's maybe like 70 something in my room, like uh, Fahrenheit. So, like, very, very pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got, um, unfortunately, because where Gibraltar is located, we're, we're quite close to Africa. So, we get the, uh, the African uh, summers hitting us. And it is very hot next to the fact that, like, the whole country, well, city, is surrounded by water. So it's very humid. <laughs> yeah, that uh, sounds kind of nightmarish. Uh, hopefully, everyone out there, uh, wherever you live, if you're somewhere where it's getting hot, uh, do your best to take care of yourselves. Lots of water. Drink lots of water. And a uh, piece of advice that I know I learned back when I lived without air conditioning out in West Texas uh, for college is that if it's really, really hot... Uh, Make sure to get some like cold water and you can like put a put a like a sheet in it and then like wrench it out and then just kind of have it on you at night. Like so it's just it's lightly wet with really cold water, blow a fan on it. Uh, that'll keep you cool if it's too hot at night and might let you sleep. Um, also, I always found that you can take like a pillowcase or a pillow and like put it inside something like made of plastic and stuff it in a freezer. And then when you go to bed, you take it out. So you have a cold pillow, <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, it'll it'll keep you alive. <laughs> so, it's not a bad idea. 
yeah granted that's only like i'm not like that's not the kind of stuff you're like oh it's like it's a little warm that's like oh my sweet god it's so hot i can't sleep obviously mm -hmm. if you have ac you should be fine but i think a lot of people in europe uh in particular do not <laughs> so it's not common down here no yeah. which uh which to a texan is just pure madness but uh you know the world used to be different anyway so uh without further ado let's go ahead and get into the first part of today's show which is of course lore beards uh, <laughs> lore beards this is lore beards tale of two gamers there we go <laughs> can you tell i didn't uh, sleep much last night <laughs> yeah um all right so uh we're gonna do what we always do type in hashtag lore beards and uh, then you are able to uh see everyone that submitted minis uh i posted the ones that i saw on my discord and we're just gonna go through everyone's uh post today so without further ado let's get into it our first entry i'm, I'm just gonna refresh real quick in case okay our first entry is from head cannon who's doing his legion of the first prince oh demons it's a just it's such a beautiful mix of demons. He's got a, he's got some corn. He's got Bellacor. He's got Slanesh. So what we got fiends of Slanesh, blood crushers of corn. We've got Kairos Fate Weaver. We've got a bloodthirster, pink horrors, blood letters, plague bearers, blue horrors, and we even have the new um oh god uh, brimstone horrors. Just mm. Mm, beautiful. I love it very nice army honestly yeah and uh hopefully something i a, a thing i hope we're able to do with uh bellacore in the coming immortal empires we'll have to wait and see on that one and then he's got a work in he's got a work in progress great unclean one as well very very nice looks good dude i actually really like the you did a really good job on the paint job everything looks very nice like yeah that is really really cool i could tell what everything is just from a glance based on the colors alone but like the fiends in particular look really nice Great i'm job. a big fan of horrors so like i'm loving seeing this the pink horrors look really really nice too very vi vibrant mm -hmm. next up uh from anila on my discord uh i believe this is the new parasite tyranid character if i remember correctly the the parasite of oh what is he called um of more oh, is this the one that this came out in the new box right yeah 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 that's what I, that's what i think this guy is because he's got the little he's yeah i'm pretty sure that's who this is it looks like uh he's a work in progress but it's looking really good so far i yeah, really, really like cool. the coloration of the going white and pink uh me and nathan have talked about this many times on the uh podcast but anyone who decides to use white as one of their main colors like gets it gets a solid tip of the hat because it's such a pain in the ass color to work with yeah <laughs> it's white is the one of the least friendly colors when painting a mini uh, so is the whole high fleet going to be this color scheme? Because that's going to be impressive considering, I mean, Nids are a horde. Yeah, uh, I don't know if she's in chat, but uh, uh, I I don't think I, to my memory, I don't think I've seen any other new Nid models from her yet. But uh, this one's a really good start. I think, uh, I believe this is a special character, if memory serves. It's not like a, it's not a generic character, but it's like an actual big Yeah, bad. yeah, it's... It, if it's from the new box that I was thinking of, then yeah, yeah, it's one of the, it's like a, it's kind of like a hero choice. 
Yeah, I, re man, I really like the wings and the carapace. Like, look at that, um, that like emblem that looks like it's almost carved into its shoulder. Mm. Did a really, nice, really yeah. good job with the highlights. Those are very nice very highlights. Nice. Yep, and the pink, the 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 um, the ovipositors or those little tentacle things that he stabs people with and puts and puts little rippers in them. Those turned out very nice. I like mm. those pink tips. They look like I would not want to be touched by them. So great job. <laughs> uh, next up from Hios 06, we've got two minis. We've got a Chaos Sorcerer. Very nice classic mini on square base. And we've also got, uh, he kitbashed a Chaos Lord to make it a battle standard bearer. Nice. And it just looks great. I love battle standard bears. Ugh, I love battle standard bears. They're, they're, they're just so useful. <laughs> they are. Well, and they just, they just look cool too. Like there's something so awesome about seeing a big fantasy army. And there's some guy out there who's dedicating like one or both of his hands to holding some giant ass banner. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but they both look fantastic. Like, um, I think this, if I remember right, I think this guy is relatively new, like one of the newer Age of Sigmar Chaos characters. I don't think he's one of the old fantasy ones. Um, uh, he looks no, no, old. no, he was in fantasy. He was in fantasy. Oh, he was? Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, it. I mean, it looks great. Very nice paint job. Mm -hmm. Golden black, you can never go wrong with. Uh, very tasteful use of the blood. Facing's good. It's very nice. Mm -hmm. And a nice classic uh, undivided star banner. Love it. All right. Next up from Ray, we've got some work in progress bloodstalkers. I hate bloodstalkers. <laughs> hey, I, let me let me let me emphasize this as much as I possibly can. I hate bloodstalkers so much. They have made so many games so hard for me. Um so these ladies, Nathan, for reference, these ladies, they have two shots each, 36 inch range. They hit on threes, wound on threes at minus one armor piercing, essentially. But the problem is when they roll a hit, anytime they roll a six, they will deal a mortal wound. So they don't have to roll to wound or hit and you don't get a save against it um, unless, unless you have a ward save. And because of Morathy, they could shoot twice per turn. <laughs> it is so brutal to go up against. Very cool models too. Yeah, I there. Uh, I, I mean, there's a lot of ranges I really, really love in AOS, but the the expanded uh, Medusa range uh, for the Daughters of Cain is definitely one of my favorites. Looks like Ray's quite busy because I can see some bolt action minis in the back too. Yep. Yeah, there's there's a lot. Oh uh, yeah, there's big old nice big tank back there too. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I look forward to seeing how those progress, Ray. And then we've got uh, someone from your Discord, uh, a Mr. Ling. Wow, that is a clean ass paint job. Um, mm. Ooh, that orc. That orc. It's a big dude. It's a big dude. Everything that he's posted on my Discord before has always been quite top tier. 
Like, yeah. it's just really, really good. I, I, I love the look of stuff. And even, like, you can see it with the work in progress. Like, there is so much attention, uh, attention to detail. Like, I, I, I would not spend all that time on an <laughs> ultramarine. No. <laughs> uh, I, I could not paint like this. Like, oh, man. When you can look at the face on a mini and you can see every single detail that, like, possible uh very intricately carved out it's like oh wow that's a really really good paint job like just looking at the orcs faces damn those are really cool. good paint jobs i fucking love orcs too man i mean it's the best i know a lot of people don't like them too much but i think that's like the, the best army in 40k because they just look so fun they do look amazingly fun uh, do people who paint this good ever actually play? Yeah, a lot of them do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, a lot of people actually just like to uh, paint, but you do get a lot of people who just who paint really well and uh, go to tournaments and stuff. That's when they win extra style points and all that, you know? Yeah, there's a... I can think of at least one person in my local tourney AOS scene um, who is like god tier when it comes to painting uh he he posts his stuff on twitter all the time like he's like literally one of the best in the world that i've ever seen and uh he's also an extremely good player <laughs> like there's more overlap i think of those than there used to be um, yeah speaking of orcs uh from ian russell we've got some more wah he says he's uh this he's doing orcs while he's waiting for druki to come out for the old world but man, those are some kick-ass looking orcs. It's a great, um, it's a great fucking paint scheme. The red and gold is just so nice. Well, red and yellow, that's really, really good. Yeah, and I, I'm not sure how he did it exactly, but like, there's some, there, like the models look really dirty in a good way. Like, there's like intentional dirt on them. This is this is definitely contrast paints, right? Like it looks like it's a lot of contrast, but it's really good. Like it I'm does, a big fan of the contrast. Series. There's some there's some kind of effect he's added um onto it because contrast does not look this like it it almost kind of has like a comic book quality. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. There's something there's something that's really popping about it because and I'm not sure exactly how he did it. Um but man, these look incredible. Hmm. It's a what? nice big uh, unit here. Yep. Yeah, that's a. I don't. I don't know if these are uh, regular shooters or if they're like big mobs, but they look great. No, but, they're not knobs. I think they're just uh, shooters, right? No. You're the. You're, hey, you're the 40k guy <laughs> in this relationship. <laughs> it's been a while since I've managed to play 40k. I, I find, funny enough, managed to play a game last week. But I was using uh, Defcore and uh, my buddy was using Tau. That was a that was that was a shit show. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Uh, moving on, yeah, great, great job, Ian. Uh, Plant based human says this is their first fully finished model, and it is a Stormcast. And if that's your first model, you have a very pro. That's your first model, and you went that hard on the basing. That's, that's, not really that, good. that's not how that's supposed to work. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're, that's a really good base job. Uh, and the paint job's nice too. Like for, for a first time paint job, that is that is very, very solid. Um, I like it. I um I I, I take the um 
I take the storm uh, the stormies a lot more seriously when it isn't just all pure gold and this this looks good oh yeah the yeah the hammers of sigmar i think is genuinely one of the worst paint schemes um <laughs> next to like the lions um like the the or the um or i think it's the celestial vindicators also have i think a really bad uh color scheme because those are like teal but um yeah the gold you never you can never go wrong with gold black and red you just can't yeah. um yeah. my uh, i will say uh my biggest advice uh since this is your first mini if you're looking for advice if not feel free to ignore this because you did a really really clean paint job like i don't see any paint like that you've painted that's ended up in the wrong area really at all like maybe on the mace just a tiny bit but like you did a really clean job the only thing I would say is uh, uh, probably work a little more on thinning your paints and going more for like thin layers. And then uh, it looks like you used uh, some like Nuln oil or something on the metallics, which is good, but uh, you'll be able to get into dry brushing or edge highlighting. I would look up those techniques and they will take you to the next level because you're ready. Like you're ready for the next level. This is very, very nice. On metallics, I'm quite partial to um, well on sil on gold metallics, Agrax uh, Earth Shade, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and on silvers, I'll use a little bit of really thin down Druki Violet. Oh, that's okay. That's a clever idea. Give it a little sheen, you know, type of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I find known oil tends to be better for like um, brass, though. Sometimes I'll use Agrax Earth Shade for that as well. Or, but like it's like really good for like um like non silver silvery metallic I guess so like iron kind of stuff uh, yeah no oil, oil will really do you for it it could be a little overly dark if you're going for something silver um but yeah this is this is great dude for a first job like for for like people who just paint casually this would be very very good for someone's first mini that's absolutely fantastic yeah. All right, uh, Noratio has got some squig hoppers and he's got rainbow squigs. I love rainbow squigs. It's such <laughs> like, it's such a commonly fun thing to do is just to have like, just this motley, like Power Rangers assortment <laughs> of squigs. I'm a big fan of squigs. I do like the new miniatures, but I, I, I kind of miss the old clunky metal ones. Yeah, the um, I I I would love for the classic cave squigs to just kind of be like the the good old dense little balls, um, hmm. but uh, I will say I I God I love squig hoppers I love squig hoppers so much, uh, like they're so fun and they're such a stupid unit that like it can be effective but you know they're mostly just stupid, yeah. <laughs> which is great. <laughs> uh, poor Gloomskite gets dude. There is they need their new books so bad. Oh, they're like the they're actually not awful right now because of how the AOS has changed, but uh, they are like one of the most outdated factions and it's like it's really painful for them. <laughs> but uh, the paint job on this looks incredible. Like the, yeah. the eyes look fantastic and like you did a really good job. Like, like, look at that eye on the far right one. Anyone that gets a pupil right in the center of an eyeball like he didn't even go for the typical like cat eye slash to make it easier it's a perfect dot mm. and that just looks good 
Did they all? Yeah, they look fantastic, dude. They look fantastic. Those are some sexy squigs right there. Man, like the gums going into the teeth. And this, these are definitely contrast paint. Yeah, uh, yeah. You you can see it on the uh, roundabout where the cheeks are. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, they look great. And like the inside of the teeth on the green one. Yeah, these this turned out really really well, dude. Very nice. Good job, Noratio. All right. Uh, Hios, man, Hios, or Hios, Hios. <laughs> I, I think I say his name different every time I do. <laughs> when he shows up to like every stream and I play in a Warhammer Fantasy roleplay group with him and yet I still can't consistently decide what I want to call him. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, he also sent in some Ogre Iron Guts. And uh, no, Chaos Ogres, Kitbash. Oh, they are Chaos Ogres. Oh, I love them even more now. Oh, those are perfect for Chaos Ogres. Yeah, I mean, you remember the old um, Chaos Ogre box, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you needed to buy two boxes, didn't you? Because you had to buy the commands separately. Yeah, they're they're one of the old school 6th edition boxes. Um, <laughs> and the old, old school 6th ed was... Uh, yeah, your command came separate. <laughs> mm. Um, but, um, actually I think that was bigger in fifth edition than six, but it was definitely a thing. Uh, yeah, these look great. I, I, I really, Hyos is very, very good at using, uh, blood for the blood God. Mm. Do it I, just, it, it fits so well. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we're going to see chaos ogres in the newest update, but I do hope we get them at some point for, uh, warriors of chaos. That would be super fun and ogre kingdoms. Like I, you know, put them in both. Um, people get chaos ogres when they eventually do a uh, ogre dlc because we're still missing you know the the, the the really important stuff from the ogres true and that would give them that kind of third unit that they're missing because it's mm -hmm. like right now we're missing two units a hero and some slaughtermaster variants so if mm -hmm. they did chaos ogres that would give them that third unit they they like going three and three for lord packs yeah but uh yeah these look great excellent job excellent job all right uh Oh, someone did a podcast. Shout out to Lorebeards for being such an inspiration. Oh, well, that was sweet. Thank you. Yeah, that's uh, Battlesea and Super Sango. He messaged me a while back. Uh, Battlesea is the guy who did that um, whole campaign as Norska without any losses. Oh, my God. I heard about that. That poor bastard. Yeah. So they, they yeah. let him out of the hospitals, what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly thought that was really impressive. I saw the video. I was like, oh, that's, uh, that's fucking insane. No, because like anytime he'd have a loss, he would restart the campaign from scratch. God, please. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just hearing it sounds. Uh, and then our last little thing is actually a question submitted from Geeks with Shields. Great guys. Uh, cool podcast. Check them out if you haven't already. Um, they say, uh, they asked us, Lustria feels pretty sparse for Immortal Empires. Could they be planning future DLC? Uh, I would say that's probably a very safe bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We and will he, be talking about the map in a bit. Yeah, yeah. We, we, yeah. The map is on today's agenda. But yes, we were talking about that. Oh, and we got one last entry. Uh, if you refresh the page, uh, oh, Jay Phoenix God. sent in some Lannister halberdiers. Ooh, those are really nice. Oh, that's fucking cool. 
Yeah, they. Uh, I really like that tray. Oh wow! And he's got like, I guess that's his whole army, or at least like a good sized squad. Man, that's those are good minis. Like they've got they got a good range. Those, oh, dude, look at the horsemen. Yeah, the knights look incredible. Who are the characters? Like, uh, is that um? Uh, I believe it's. What... I believe it's Jamie Lannister. I think, and. I don't know. It kind of looks like Brand of Toth. Could be. Uh, I know the I know the dude on the right is Littlefinger because we showed him off last time. Yeah, we we showed Littlefinger. That could be Brand of Toth. I'm not under. Is uh, Jay Phoenix in any of our chats? Because uh, that's a really cool mini. Yeah, I see him in my chat. Uh, Phoenix, who is the who's the Golden Knight? Good old Twitch delay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Lannisters look fucking cool. Uh, okay, yes, it is Jamie Lannister. Oh right, I thought it was Ben. And the cal he says the cavalry unit is House Bolton's flayed men. Fucking cool. Yeah, those are th that is, those are some serious dynamic pose cavalry. Yeah, that does really really nice. I, it's just so. Uh, well, Bolton, uh, yeah, they had to look grim, right? Like, that that house is known to be fucking psychopaths. Yeah. So, yeah, that's fucking cool. Ah, oh, man, great miniatures. I'm really tempted. I shit you not, I'm so tempted to jump onto this game. It's a good-looking range, man. It's a good-looking yeah. range. Can't deny that. So cool. All right, so we are uh, now finished up with Tale of Two Gamers. Huzzah. So now we're going to talk about some tabletop news. So uh, this is going to be fairly. Oh, uh, I guess as we're wrapping up Tale of Two Gamers, what should uh, what should people aim for next week if they have a huge pile of stuff and they need to? Uh, no, it's my. I have an idea. Uh, let's do. If you have a large selection, uh, my recommendation uh, is going to be do a named character. So like a That'd special character. Uh, and if you don't have one of those, then pick whatever you want. But there you go. Next week, next week I should also be showing quite a lot myself because uh, sometime during this coming week, depending on my schedule, I should be doing that whole 2,000 points in 24 hours challenge. <laughs> that, oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sweet uh, Jesus. 50 Plague Bearers, uh, two squads of 25 full command, two Heralds of Nurgle, one Kit Bash to be a Banner Bearer, uh, a beast of Nurgle. Unfortunately, I forgot that you could take multiple in a unit, so I've only got the one. Uh, a unit of rock flies and a full command unit of rock flies, sorry. And um, five units of Nurglings. Wow. That sounds uh, absolutely agonizing. But, like, oh, in, no, in yeah. a good way. I'm prepared to cry. I'm prepared to cry. But the, the idea is I have way too much, man. I need to finish the backlog. <laughs> Yeah, no, I uh, I know how you feel. I um people in my chat will be pleased to hear this. I have cleaned off my painting desk. Um, I was gonna I was gonna do a painting stream, I believe, three days ago, and I sat down and I got my camera working and I looked at my desk and I was like, this is just gross. Like I have not used it so long that it just hasn't been dusted and it was just like dog fur and dust and i was just like i <laughs> i can't in good conscience show this to the public um so uh that has been uh addressed 
um so we will be doing painting streams in the future i'm hoping i will have a mini to show off for next week um i did a lot of really good work into a cardos valentian model before i went to a tournament it's not done mm. but like there's a lot like all the base colors are done so i'm hoping i can finish him uh that would be really nice all right so without further ado let's go ahead and hop into uh some release goodies i'll post a link in our chat if you need that uh nathan but first we're going to take a look at the reveals from the preview um which happened actually no we talked about that we talked about yeah. that already because we literally did a show immediately after that so let's just skip to the fun part there's a goddamn snake man <laughs> there's a goddamn snake man in blood bowl mm -hmm. so we have boa constrictor which is as stupid of a name as you would expect um it's it's a perfect blood bowl character literally a perfect blood bowl character but we got a snick and i i'm so pleased like mm -hmm. i know i i assume you were extremely excited based on the just absolutely the 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 emotions i sensed from the messages you sent me the uh, wake the fuck <laughs> up right yeah, we're, very, we're very intense um so, I'm uh, I'm very happy. I'm very very happy. So let's let's just get into what everyone wants us to ask Nathan, which is so what do you think that this is a is this just a fun lustrian snake man for the Amazons or do you think this is like the biggest blue ball wink hint hint they could have done for Koresh? This is uh in my interpretation and uh, through some digging, uh, is a Kureshi. So we've seen it here where they say uh, uh, this uh, Sashayan Serpent is the first snakeman in Blood Bowl from a race we haven't seen on or off the pitch in quite some time. So mm. that is uh, a really good push because if you recall all the other snakeman teams, which I believe the last one we had was 2016, uh, they were all from Koresh. They they actually even had the Koreshi name on them too. Um, which, it does make sense. We do have star players sometimes appearing in other teams. It's uh, it's a quite a common thing. And, like, we all know, especially recently with the uh, the lore update to a Koreshi thing, well, something that now became Koreshi too, uh, this seems like it's going to be the way that they're going to test out what people think about the look of the Koreshi now hmm which yeah, I, I i'm 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 just stunned i i i love him i love him so much um mm. i'm really really glad they went i there's a particular name for it i can't remember what it's called but there's a on snakes there's two there's like two styles of scales there's flat like really flat smooth scales and then there's kind of these like raised scales that kind of like spike out a little bit. Mm. And they went with the spiked out look. And I I think it's so much more badass. Um, yeah. And just looks so much more interesting, especially on a mini. Um, yeah. And uh, I will say that if if this is like close to what we're going to get for the Naga, I'm, I'm thrilled. I, I really do hope that the Naga kind of take it dial it up to 11 with like chaos mutations or just really horrific type stuff you know kind of like you know we have a dread maw we know the dread maw is now supposedly a, but pretty much confirmed a 
fresh creation. Mm -hmm. Um, And I am very, very eager to see how that is, uh, how they themselves uh, might look in in regards to that. This is actually a really good point that I just had in chat here from Samoras. Uh, so, um, a lot of people got confused with when this guy came out. Uh, I did have a few people say, no, this is a Lustrian. He's, 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 he's a race from Lustria. Uh, that's, that's what it, I thought at first. Yeah. No, I mean, excitement can, can actually, uh, do that, can't it? But, um, the perfect example here is the Yeti that belongs to the Norskin team, where, as we know, Yetis are actually just mutated chaos, uh, mutated ogres, and they form part of the uh, ogre roster in Total War, or well, Warhammer Fantasy in general. But will um, in Blood Bowl, like the rules don't really matter in Blood Bowl. I mean, everyone who should be killing each other is just playing a friendly, well, friendly game of uh, football. You know, in yeah, a sense. Well, I- yeah, like, it, and it's important for everyone to remember that Blood Bowl is weird. Like, it, it's mm-hmm. intentionally weird, and it's very goofy and doesn't take itself seriously. So yeah. there are often, um, there are often, like, bizarre teams or, like, bizarre characters, like, where it's like, okay, in Warhammer Fantasy, the our equivalent to werewolves are a chaos thing, but in Blood Bowl, because it's based on like r- much older stuff, they mm-hmm. are they're undead. Like they're they're part of the undead team, mm-hmm. um, or like in so you you'll just like see weird things. Or and like Nathan was saying, you have Yetis with Norska instead of with the Ogre team. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got uh, and like there's other goofy things like Treemen are with halflings for some reason and uh, <laughs> like even though in Warhammer those two could not be like further apart. <laughs> You could get a Treeman back in the day of the original uh, roster for the um, uh, Halflings. I think that was fifth. But that was back in the day where you had the literal fellowship. Like there was Discount, Aragon, Gimli, Gandalf, and Legolas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's that's like what Blood Bowl tends to draw a lot of its inspiration from. Is Yeah, Bl- Blood Bowl lore is still in the 90s. Just good old, good old... Uh, oldie stuff and i mean that's what makes a lot gives a lot of its charm is that it's it's warhammer fantasy at its hackiest which Mm. was kind of a golden age uh if you enjoy that sort of thing so i'm glad they've kept it alive in blood bowl i personally am a big fan i'm uh like we've also got here it's like oh armor looks very illustrious and yeah but this is like any professional sport when you change teams you change your your gear it's like uh, ronaldo going to say for example Barcelona, he wears the Barcelona kit. Yeah, and it's because he's part of the Lustrian Super League. Um, mm. is kind of the lore behind this character. But you like you could very easily see a character show up who looks like weird or is in a very different place. Because they could say, Oh yeah, Boa Constrictor, he he's a snake man, but he hangs out in Lustria for whatever reason. Like he just yeah. decided he likes the Amazons. Um, like the lore is very finicky and doesn't get too deep and then they could like see how he does and if it gets really interesting they could be like oh look now there's a team of snake men and these are the actual naga and they've kind of got their own crazy thing going on um so question to you so say that this type of model gets translated to old world what weapons would you like to see with them um so i am not a smart enough man to know what 
are really popular weapons or like really uh not popular i should say famous historical and um fantasy slash historical or fictional historical um weapons from like southeastern mythology and mm. history but those weapons <laughs> I, I would want them to have weapons that look like oh i've never seen that what is that and then i gotta google it and there's like a really cool history to it you know mm. obviously um but like when when i see like snake creatures um a lot of the time i imagine that they're really really solid with some sort of like sickle or bladed like yes. curved bladed weapon um mm. because it kind of gives you that sinuous feel um so yeah uh and yeah i see chat see like chat's already arguing with itself someone was like what about this weapon and someone goes wait i think that would be an end weapon and now it's just like arguing <laughs> it's like see this is why i don't I, yeah um someone call up ryu he would know <laughs> I'd love to see them with like a, a massive glaive because mm. I just think that would be fucking cool. Like kind of like a royal, uh, royal Qureshi guard type of thing, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, there, you know, there's got to be some kind of uber halberd unit. Like, I, yes. I don't know what exactly the halberd would look like. It could be a glaive. It could be like a traditional, like something more traditional halberd. It could be something totally whack. Um, you know, like the one of the one of the. One of the things that excites me the most so much about ending Koresh as possible future factions is that because they're based on uh, nations in the distant East and just, you know, they're not Western nations. There have so many creatures and weapons and like ideas that are completely foreign to yeah. those of us in the West. Um, yeah. you know, where you like, you would see a weapon and like, we would just be like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. Which is how I f feel sometimes playing like Elden Ring or seeing mm. like games from Japanese developers is they'll use weapons that'll make me go like, what is that? And then you learn that there's, oh, there's this really cool history behind it and all this other stuff. Um, so, you know, I, I, that's what I'm really hoping end in Koresh lean very heavily on is yeah. like, expose us to new culture man expose us to things that we would never see otherwise i've uh, i've got a friend of mine uh his name is kavish uh we used to play in bands together he's uh his family is originally i can't remember what part but it was like northern india and he he knows the history really well i was having a drink with him a few weeks ago i was asking him he's like look if this ever got like translated how would it be and he was telling me all these amazing things about like the mythology of india and stuff like that i was like God damn, I hope we see this in Total War. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just so cool. Like it's it's a like back in there, like, you know, say medieval type of times going forward. I mean, they still have it too. It's just a gigantic pantheon. And like I I I have this idea in my head, like, wouldn't it be cool if we had like living gods as legendary lords? Well, yeah, I mean, if anybody could do it, it would be end being the land of mm. a thousand gods <laughs> Yeah, and everything. They got gods to spare. <laughs> some, some of them can fight. <laughs> It'd just be really fucking cool, man. Yeah, but I mean, that's always been the strength of Warhammer Fantasy is like is taking real world history, slapping it together with mythology and then just throwing mm. in just scaling everything to a ridiculous level. Uh, yeah, and somehow something. making a faction out of it. <laughs> uh, 
I, I remember talking to a few former GW uh, workers, you know, people who worked on law and stuff, and they said it's like their main basis was because originally they wanted to really push the uh, historical boundary because they did have Warhammer history, you know, uh, Warhammer historical, which didn't last more than two years, three years, was it? It wasn't. I remember that existing, but yeah, it was very brief. Yeah. And it's like that kind of just paved more way into Warhammer Fantasy. And I think that that's what makes the world so familiar to us, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I, I think that's what allows so many people to connect with fantasy. Um, mm. Almost like even if someone's not a traditional fantasy fan, like they're either based on their own culture or just like a culture they like um, or like a mythology they like. Because like yeah. the easiest way I've always introduced someone into warhammer fantasy is i'll say either like what's your favorite like historical empire or what's your favorite monster like what's your favorite mythological creature and they'll say oh i like this and i'm like we got that mm. <laughs> and you like you introduce them to that thing and like nine ten out of ten times people fall in lo fall in love with it yeah um, yeah it's a, it's a good way it's a really good way yeah and uh it'll it, like i'm really i'm just really interested to see um what they're going to do with all that but in any event uh i think that's enough on everybody's favorite snake man uh i'm really curious to see what they're going to do with that um some other reveals from tabletop stuff is we did get uh we did get some really cool scenery for war cry which is really exciting uh i'm mm -hmm. going to pull it up on screen just for a second because i do want to point out that there's one piece i'm very very excited about and might actually force me to get this set because it's like it's a very very nice fun terrain set but one of the pieces of terrain is literally that a a Seraphon void ship, so one of their flying space pyramids crash landed and like has shattered into the terrain uh, and is like slowly being overtaken by like plants and stuff. But it's like, dude, that's something I never would have gotten in fantasy, like ruined mm. Lizardman remains as part of a non Lizardman release. Like, I love it. I love it it's it's uh, it's a box i'm definitely getting because like like i said when we were watching the reveals uh it's perfect mordheim terrain it's just mm -hmm. it's so freaking good like i i saw it i was like because i've got two boxes of the um the uh the the undead box remember the uh the monolith the graves and all that type of stuff uh oh god it's such an old box it's been out of rotation for a while hasn't it fantasy yeah. The more uh, the Moore's graveyard set? That one. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So what I want to do is I want to put those trees on like the sides going into the actual town. Hmm. Like it just it just feels so good. Like, god damn, the, the people like making the cast lately, the designers are really doing a great fucking job. Yeah, they they miss very rarely. Um mm. at least in my opinion. I you know, obviously I, we can't speak for everyone, but uh, at least for the two of us, it's been it's been nothing but like I, I've heard the horse heresy people are very happy uh, mm. overall, um, and uh, 40k seems to be going pretty well. Like we're slowly approaching the squats, uh, and they slowly. are they are all <laughs> kinds of all over the place. Mm. Um, so speaking of 40k, there's a new big release this week, which is Kabanda, my most hated character even though I do think he probably is one of the best bloodthirster designs because he has a full tail and I just love tails. Yeah. But he looks good. He's a, he's a big boy. How? So, oh, yeah, we were supposed to talk about this. How much is this yeah. mini? 
So, um, for the low, low price of £215. Holy ugh. shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not keen. Because if, like, he is big and he's a name character. And I understand that they name, the pricing goes under the name, right? So if it's a character that's quite unique, they'll make it more expensive. But, like, if I go on Forge World right now. Like, I understand that, like, the price of the, or the value of the pound is, like, crashing and burning right now. Which is, you know, good for Americans if you want to buy this many. Because it won't be nearly as expensive. But, uh, that's uh, 365 for you guys. Yeah, that's still that. Oh wow, they're using like old conversion rates. Uh, that yeah. is uh, that is insane for but if, a single mini. If if we look at the big boys, right? Like say for example, like the 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 big great uh, great unclean one that they have there, it's one hundred and forty four pounds. So I, I, I and like even the, the the dread saurian, which I doubt even gets used much in Age of Sigma. No. Is 170, right? Well, yeah, which uh, that's ridiculous because the Dread Saurian's going to dwarf that thing. Yeah. Like, and I don't understand how they're determining the price. Like, I, are they just basing it off, like, hype value? <laughs> like, like uh, his rules are out, and I have been told that he's quite tasty. That he's free download rules. But, um... But it's like, that it's, shouldn't face... Like, the, the price should just be, like, how much plastic or resin does it take to make this kit how expensive yeah. was the mold you know divided into whatever and with a little bit of a value on top like that is that is for a, any mini that is an insane amount of money unless it's, it's a like shame. unless it's like the size of a toddler which is like a titan <laughs> but well He's not even that big because you can see him on yeah, the he's, he's post only, there. Yeah, he's twenty-five centimeters. Yeah, like he's he's even not that big when you put him next to Sanguinius from that promo image. It's like thing is, I I want this mini. I do because uh, I I I'm a big fan of Cabanda. I like Cabanda. I can't justify that price. I'm sorry, I can't. I I literally can't. How am I going to look at that and go? Yeah, I can justify this much money. Yeah, no, that needs to be that should be like thirty five percent cheaper at minimum. Yeah, because that 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 price is like that's me having a really good Friday night, man. <laughs> like, yeah, I, that's that is an aggressively intense price for what you're getting. Yeah, uh, like I'm not saying there can't exist things that are that expensive, but like yeah. that is just pff, okay, whatever. <laughs> The the issue is that um, if he if he is so strong in the rules, he'll just get banned from tournaments, and he'll only be able to be used in narrative play anyway. Yeah, well, I mean, worst case scenario, I guess you could use him as a generic bloodthirster. I I don't know if he's too big for that though. It's it's thing is like I I want him because uh, I've been planning on doing a thing with the local guys here. We want to do an end times campaign, and I was gonna <laughs> like. I was like, oh, you know, we well, can maybe, get... Maybe, maybe y'all should start, like, a narrative pool to buy characters that are just too expensive for one person. <laughs> well, it's, it's a shame, because obviously he wouldn't have any rules, and we'd have to, like, obviously make up some rules uh, for fantasy. And even then, like, let's be honest, we know how shit the fucking... Anything on a monster size base was just crap for fantasy. But it's like, how can I justify it? Like, he, he looks amazing. But I can't justify that. I'm sorry, I can't. Yeah, uh, that's um, ah, that's that's a hard sell, man. 
Like it's don't it's a great looking mini. I'll I'll mm -hmm. say that, but that is that is a hard sell. Very. Uh I think for even like that's just it's just that's a, that's too much money, dude. Yeah. It's too much money. Way too much. Way too much. Looks cool. But uh yeah. Gonna have to uh <laughs> it's, it's gonna be a pass. Thing is, um, they never go on sale. If anything, the prices have increased. Have you ever seen? This is the weird thing, right? Like, I, I'm on Forge World right now. I am seeing minis costing something 0.50. I have never seen that in my life before, unless they were blister packs. Like the Colossal Squid, uh, Squig is 73.50. I don't know. They're just nickel and diming people as best they can. Weird. Honestly, it's super weird. Everything's just everything's just getting more expensive. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um Yeah. Not a fan. <laughs> well, I'll just leave it at that. Um I uh I uh I do hope that I don't know, like it, it's weird to think that like things just kind of consistently get more expensive and it's like I don't know where there's uh, presumably there's a breaking point where they have to go back down a bit. But I don't know where that is, especially with the world it, the way it is. Yeah, I mean, we, let's let's be honest, and obviously we're not going to turn this into a financial stream, but there is a worldwide recession going on. Uh, and Warhammer is uh, what would be considered luxury, uh, but like, uh, it is a little bit like, they're a multi-billion pound company, man. Like, uh, cut it down a little bit, you know? Yeah, but, you know, they're like, we're here to make a profit. That's all... <laughs> yeah that's it <laughs> it's like, um so yeah anyway um that's that no, no 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 we have one more we have one more we have one more uh the squats uh oh the all for necromunda oh right i forgot because i keep forgetting squats are a thing now <laughs> <laughs> my brain just I sort mean, of my brain just sort of defaults them out We've got the Big Daddy and we've got the Marine from um, StarCraft. <laughs> Where the hell is the... It's... Uh, uh, wait, is it the is it the Kill Team announcement? No, uh, it's the article's called Can, can the Vartigen Exodriller Match? Oh, I see, I see, I see, the... I see, I see, I got it, I got it. Here we go. That's a big boy. They look cool. I mean, it is basically just taking from the Big Daddy and uh, the StarCraft thing, but they, they look fucking cool. I, I can't wait like to see the full line of squats. Obviously, this is just Necromunda, but like seeing squats come back, I have a friend who's very heavy into the hobby. He's he's in his 50s, so he was there since the beginning. And like he was just like, wow, I can't believe this is back, you know? Yeah, I, I actually really like the Exodriller. Um that's a that's a very fun looking mecha for a dwarf. Yeah, it Sorry, is fucking squat. cool. <laughs> and I I do find it very funny that there are still actual squats because it's yeah. like okay the squats are the are the disconnected dudes in Necromunda and then everyone else are proper, um, um, Votan. Yeah, which Ryan, I, ju I, I just like I just find really funny. <laughs> yeah. They they have to play with people's nostalgia, don't they? And I, I for one, I'm all for it. If they want to keep doing this, like um, someone just said here, trains for squats. Yeah, we need a land train back because like 
That would just be fucking awesome. Oh, you know there's going to be some kind of line train. They're not, yeah. That's that's too easy of money. They're not going to miss that ship. Mm. Are any so KO models cool. reasonable for being squats? Oh, I'm I'm sure you could do some subbing between those two. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, I, I would not be shocked at all to see if there's going to be AOS people getting squats to make, like, much tankier-looking... Um, um, Caradron and if and if leagues of Votan are going to be taking Caradron to make themselves some like sp spaceships or give themselves like flying troops or some other crazy shit. Forty forty k and AOS steal from each other all the time. It's very common. Yeah, you'll notice it a lot uh, with the new obliterators for uh, Chaos uh, for the um, Chaos Space Marines. It's literally the same framework and the same skeleton as the uh storm fiends mm -hmm. hmm. that's that's clever i've never thought of that that would work very well <laughs> I, I i only noticed it because I, I play chaos space marines and i picked up the box and i've got like 30 storm fiends built and painted so i, I was looking it was like this body shape is fucking familiar i looked at it, it as like fuck <laughs> it's the same miniature <laughs> Hey man, we always knew. Everybody knew. We all, the second we all saw them, we were like, "Those are Skaven Terminators. <laughs> They're just Skaven Terminators." <laughs> but um, <laughs> all right, okay, it's time to get into a subject that I think everyone's super eager for us to talk about. It's map Bad time. Boys. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we can't. Tos, we. <laughs> <laughs> there are rules we have to follow on Twitch. <laughs> there are things we can't discuss. Um, right. So, uh, real, on. <laughs> yeah, real quick, before we get into this, uh, we do want to thank uh, Zenon from Reddit. Uh, well, not from Reddit, but he's posted these on Reddit. But we do want to thank Zenon for uh, his amazing map work. Um, his map, no offense, CA is just way better than CA's because he shrunk down all of the character portraits. Uh, so that we you can actually realistically tell how far apart they are and you also uh tone down a lot of the colors of the world to make it less painful to look at um and it it's it's a beautiful map and he you know he's got all the sea lanes on there and everything just looks much better <laughs> yeah uh for those of you who played a lot of modern warhammer 2 xenon is uh part of the sfo team and also made that awesome storm fiend mod well, well part of the stuff there because then he worked a bit with chaos robbie i believe all right, so, uh, of course, accepting the DLC, which we will talk about in a future show, but not today, uh, even mm -hmm. though we absolutely could for, you know, if you know, you know. <laughs> but yeah. um, uh, we're going to talk about the map today because as far as, like, real Lorebeard's focus is concerned, we haven't really um, sat down and done this yet. And mm -hmm. we are now at the end of the map for all of the factions uh, of course minus the uh the upcoming ones but mm -hmm. uh gotta say i i'm pretty in love dude i am pretty in yeah. love i uh i only have like a few concerns about some things but generally i'm like this is this is going to be a fun fucking campaign uh like i, I i've already said like th this my, i think my first ever campaign i'm just gonna try and paint the map because like Holy as, shit, as who right? though as who um well possibly sigvald or if the rumors are true but we'll discuss that another time uh someone else 
<laughs> but like someone so okay so a slash character we'll leave it there <laughs> yeah but like uh like just imagine how long how fucking long it's gonna take to paint the map uh yeah where's albion it's right here dude it's up here over between norska and bretonia ish yeah i painting this map i don't dude that's gonna take such a long time like it's gonna be fun but at the same time it's like oh jesus <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be such a long time it's just one of those things that you're, you're just looking at it like god this would look great in pink but like in general let's be honest i don't think any of us when they first announced warhammer one i don't think any of us could have thought yeah we're gonna get full well as close to the full world as possible you never know for the future no never this is a massive fucking undertaking yeah it is i mean it's it's a culmination of so many years of effort and mm. a lot of community pressure um and like people thankfully fall in love with the series and it becoming very popular and um uh for those asking yeah so the sea lanes if you see a boat whatever color the boat is if you go to that boat it'll drop you off at whatever the other color the, yeah. the same color uh on the other side of the world or the other location uh, so there are four sea lanes that kind of allow you to hop, skip, leap around a little bit. Yeah, it's quite good because like they even did throwbacks even with the sea lanes because like they even added in the dark elf undersea. You know, like yeah, that you don't expect I people love, to add that. I love the undersea. That because mm. it, you know, Western Nagaroth has always kind of been a funky thing because it's the boiling sea, right? And the whole thing about yeah. the boiling sea is that nobody could sail it <laughs> except for the black arcs. Um, mm because it's a boiling sea <laughs> it's very very dangerous and it's full of monsters and stuff um so having the uh the underworld sea added to allow you to just not need it because it's like oh okay so the dark elves now can get to the far east because this is exactly how they would do it in um fantasy lore as well as they take the underworld sea to pop out on the west the western side of nagaroth and then they would just sail you know, west until they arrive in Cathay. So the fact that you can actually do that, because like the the there's a sea lane right next to where you pop out from the underworld sea is just so badass. I love it. Yeah, I mean this. Um, it's so big. Uh, I'll be honest with you. When I first saw Warhammer One, and then we saw Warhammer Two, I thought maybe they're just gonna cut it for uh, like we'd get as much of the world as possible, but they were gonna cut it by the Mountains of Morn, so we wouldn't see Cathay and stuff like that. Uh, which there's re re reason to believe that because uh, former div um, former CA staff have once said like originally when they were planning Warhammer Three they weren't even thinking about doing Cafe, so like it it's to see how much of the world that we have right now it's like God fucking damn I love this you yeah. know oh yeah I mean I I remember talking to I remember talking to some devs um around right after Warhammer Two came out and some of the older devs there um that are no longer there talked about things like uh like oh you know we're probably never going to be able to get we're, we're probably not going to ever see like the entirety of luster and the southlands um you know we're just gonna we're just gonna kind of roll with what we have and you know we'll go further east but uh you know we're not going to go south and then you look at this and you're like i'm so glad they were wrong <laughs> yeah <laughs> um because 
oh, it's it's so nice to have every single continent. Yeah, it is so cool. Obviously, we're missing a little bit. We're missing a little, little bit. Hey, man. Hey, man. Map expansions can yeah. happen. A map the Warhammer 2 map expanded a long way east. And yeah. I see no reason it can't continue to do so. <laughs> you, you know, I get into that argument a lot with people <clears throat> because, like, people, I, like, I talk about it in speculation and stuff, and they go, no, no, the map didn't expand. It's like, yes, it fucking did. The game's like five years old, motherfucker. <laughs> like, how long have you been playing? It's expanded. Yeah, I, it, it did. Like, it, <laughs> I, I don't even know what to add to that because it very obviously did. <laughs> yeah. There, there, and people like to throw insults at that. It's like, no, the map did expand. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, how about you cool your shorts there, pal? Because... Uh, like it's yeah no that's it's ridiculous it's yeah ridiculous. i don't i don't really have much to add to that because it's just dumb um yeah <laughs> that's so, so stupid um all right so let's 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 spend a minute on criticisms let's spend a minute hmm. on criticisms um so what what looking at the map are some of some of the issues that you have what are, what issues if any do you have so far with immortal empires looking at the map well, it's not so much the map. I think the map is okay. Like everything is where it should be. The scaling to where it should be and all that, you know, because like obviously we saw in Realms of Chaos, Talabeckland was a lot smaller and I was a little worried because, yeah. um, you know, it has yeah, to be as well, low friendly yeah. as possible. The Realm of Chaos map is hilariously bizarre. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> My concern is mostly uh, Kogath, uh, mostly because like like I've said previously, there seems to be an issue in Mortal Empires, hopefully it's been fixed for Immortal, where factions on islands don't tend to go out too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's an AI issue only, but like, I would love to see Korgath becoming a threat to, if you're playing as, say, for example, obviously Dragon Boy or, or, or Helm and Ghost or eventually as the Chaos Dwarves. It would be nice to have a Nurgle presence hitting you, you know, from the south. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. Hopefully, hopefully they've... Um... Like we, we know they've been working very, very, very hard, um, on improving the AI, uh, for Immortal Empires, and uh, Kugath definitely, um, like hopefully the AI is just able to be aggressive, but also, um, stalwart. I guess you know if you're playing yeah. in those general ballparks, you have a chance to really meet or go up against, um, a lot of those characters, um which is ideal i you know we'll just kind of have to wait and see like i i really hope that nurgle has kind of figured out how to be an aggressive uh naval force uh because like you know in fantasy that it's such a classic thing that if someone was a, if there was a chaos force that was going to have a fleet it was usually nurgle uh, the plague fleets yeah. were notorious uh so just the idea of like you're playing as kalita or Krokgar, and all of a sudden you've got like nurgle um ships showing up on your shores and attacking just sounds so fun yeah I have seen a lot of the community, and funny enough, someone just commented in my chat, uh, the Elifinar situation, which is admittedly a little bit strange. Yeah, I'm not a fan, but they have posted on Twitter that they have heard all the complaints, and although they won't be able to do it for the initial beta release, they're already looking into moving Elifinar. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, we know because they did an interview uh, early on in Warhammer 3. I think it was when we had access to... Uh, when we were doing the promotion for the launch on February, 
uh, th that they said that they, they made it easier for modders and so on to be able to move characters around. So they obviously have those tools too. So we shouldn't be too worried if people feel like certain areas are just a bit weird for locations. Um, you yeah. know, just yeah, they said make that your last voices week. heard. Yeah, they, they reconfirmed that last week in one of their Rally Point Q&As. Uh, they said that they have revamped the technology to move characters, so it's much easier for them to do that now than it used to be. Oh, you see, that that, that should help out quite a bit. Yeah, which, and Keep you in know, mind... Oh, go ahead, hmm? go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, no, you go, go ahead. Uh, what I was going to say is that, for me, honestly, I think in code, what they were saying right there is they said... We're not doing any more of those stupid flyovers where the narrator talks a lot and shows you everything around you and like is like, you should do this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And then like the camera finally zooms in on your character and you start the campaign. I bet that's going to be completely gone. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it's probably just going to zoom right on your character and they're the narrator's going to say like one line, like go forth, mighty Kugath and plague. And you start, and th and that's that's their fix is that they got rid of all the camera shit so they could just move somebody, and it's not a big yeah. deal anymore. Yeah, and it'll be very helpful because um, the thing is, like right now, like they, they put that character there because it made sense to them. And keep in mind that they probably have they well they do have a lot of DLC planned. They already said they're already thinking about number one hundred, so like they're just trying to see what makes sense. Now, because they're probably already thinking, well, maybe if we add Paco, you know, where will Paco go and stuff like that? Who? <laughs> I, I just gave a random name. <laughs> Who the fuck is Paco? <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a Spanish name. I just, is that, is I that a new Lizardman character? <laughs> but like the idea of that, you know, they, they've already got plans. So they're probably already thinking, okay, we'll put a Lipinar here because this one will go there and so on and so forth. It's just how it works. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I just, we've waited five years for Tretch to be home. Yeah, I will say, I, I just don't understand how someone was like, what if we put a Lithanar in a major Dark Elf city that two other legendary lords already have a quest to confederate as part of their campaign, and nobody went, no, let's not. Mm. <laughs> like, how did nobody go, no, that sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> From a gameplay perspective, uh, not just not the location, but just the general area, I like Alifanar being so entrenched in Dark Elf lands. Oh yeah, just just move him to the left. Yeah, <laughs> just put him just in the granite hills. Bit. Like yeah, he, he literally needs to move. Just whatever the major settlement is in the granite hills, just go there. <laughs> it will change. He's got it, good locations. Yeah, it's just it's just weird starting like a major character in a major city of their most hated rival faction. Yeah. Like, have, it's a, like if they're like, oh yes, Skarsnik is now in Karazakarak. It's like, what? <laughs> it's a, it's an odd thing, but I, I like the idea. Someone says put him back in his original start pods. Well, we can't really, because obviously, uh, Di Lady Diaphin is there, you know? And it kind of works really well to have Lady Diaphin up there, because that kind of spreads out the, um, Vampire Coast Lords a little yeah, bit more, they, I and mean, I feel like that's good. Yeah, they could put him in Arnheim, but Arnheim's kind of far away from the rest of the Dark Elves. Yeah. Like, I do I do like him being that far north, uh, yeah. personally. Like, Arnheim would definitely, I think, be, like, the most lore-appropriate place for him to begin. 
but like honestly uh, yeah just throw them in the granite hills and be done take the ghost whale out of there you really do not like diaphin do Bro, you don't Bloody hell. don't don't be mean to madame solostra dear fun honestly quite like her i i, I think she's um she's uh, a breath great. yeah solostra mm. like uh, as warhammer fantasy continues to expand uh oh fun fact uh, i don't know if you heard about this but solostra is in warhammer fantasy roleplay fourth edition Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, she's she's officially canon. Yep, she got confirmed in the newest book, so she is full on canon. It's it's she's it's not a, she, though. Fun fact: she's not dead yet. Uh, she's she's still alive in the newest book. <laughs> it's it's going to be quite interesting. Uh, whilst we start seeing what uh, what overlap we start getting, especially as we get closer and closer to a certain setting that we've all been waiting for. Yep, it's going to be great. I can't wait. Okay. But like it's it's good that they made a cannon. Yeah. So okay. So Alithar's star position is a little funky. Uh, mm-hmm. any anything else? Anything else to really catch your catch your catch your grub? Um, I, I don't know. It's, to be honest, and I, I know it's 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 going to be like this eventually, but for the for every single continent. But the Southlands is um is busy. <laughs> yeah, I think it's good though, and because uh, honestly, like um. It's it, like, you know, we're going to have to start getting used to it. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's, that's going to be the whole world at some point. Um, yeah. So like it had to start somewhere. I do find it hilarious that it almost kind of feels like the devs are like, oh, man, everyone really hates the Lustria, the Lustria Super Bowl. So let's just do the Southlands. <laughs> like <laughs> they, they literally just moved it to discount Lustria. <laughs> um, it, it's it's just a bit like, um, for example, I like Manfred down there, but uh, I don't know. Uh, same thing with Forek. I think Forek would have done really well with his either Vortex campaign inside uh, Lustria to add for a little bit of change, you know? Yeah. I No, I could definitely see it. I, um, I don't know. It's, it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, I'm I'm not too worried about like how busy a place is as long as it makes sense for the character to be there. Just because, mm-hmm. like, I, I think the amount of places where we go, oh, well, that looks a little empty, is going to be coming to a coming to an end relatively quick. Yeah, um, yeah. I, like, I see people in chat being like, oh, the Darklands is pretty empty. It's like, well, yeah, there's probably going to be like at least three Chaos Dwarf characters there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, that's I, that's a reoccurring conversation, and the, and I get that a lot. Like, for example, I'll, I'll post something, and they'll go, Chaos Dwarfs one. It's like we know because they've been confirmed. They were confirmed. And it's like, we just have to wait, guys. Yeah, can you not read loading screens, bro? (laughs) Well, not only that, but some devs outright confirmed it. Like, there was the interview with Andy Hall and uh, some Russian magazine. He said, they're coming eventually. Like, we knew they were coming, because Chaos Dwarves are way too big of a money to say no to, right? Yeah. But they'll come, they'll come. Yep, yep. Yeah, they're just edging right now. Just, you know, give them a minute. They're dwarfs. They're very, they take a while. It's very, they're very patient. (laughs) Hmm. Um... And, you know, parts of them turned to stone, you know, anyway. Um, but like, I'm, I'm excited for some of the places that are kind of like suspiciously empty, like Lustria, yeah. the empire is pleasantly empty. Um, mm-hmm. like th- there's some, there's some space for some really cool shit to go down in the empire. Yeah. Um, like, you know, you could put, you could put someone in Midland, you could put someone in like Talabekland or mm-hmm. Averland, um, like, the obviously there's the moot yeah the moot 
Uh, there's probably going to be someone in the Middle Mountains very, very soon. Um, mm. But, like, I'm looking at, like, that northern shoreline for northern Oslin being like, you know, we could put the Forest of Shadows there. That'd be pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. Like, Norska suspiciously empty in the center. Um, the Chaos Wastes are practically empty. Like, very, very few characters in the Chaos Waste <laughs> right now. Suspiciously so, yeah. Yeah, um, and, like, poor uh, poor Grimgore was all by himself until the la- at the buzzer, Colex Sunninger finally slipped in the door. Um, mm. But, man, just things are, start- things are starting to look real exciting. Yeah. You know what I'm a really big uh, fan of? The fact that uh, Kazrak is now back where he should be. Oh, yeah. Thank God, dude. Same thing for Morgan. Like, Same thing for Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just so uh it's so nice that they've started listening uh, especially like I know a lot of people aren't big fans of fucking Tretch, but like I, I, I like Tretch and I like that he's uh now if they could just give him a rework to make him more like his tabletop variant. Yeah. Be golden. Yeah, Tretch has definitely earned a place in my heart. Um mm. but uh I mean, every character in this has. Like I, I even like Gorst, uh as much as I like to meme on him and dunk on him. Like I have, I have come to appreciate him, even though I will always be moderately irritated at him for stealing D- Dieter Helschnitt's spot. But uh, <laughs> uh, I will say that, um, like, I'm I'm really thrilled that they finally kind of went back and fixed uh, the Grim in the Grave, where they're mm-hmm. like, oh, let's make a Sigmar's Blood campaign, and then they just didn't. But now they have where it's literally Volkmar versus Manfred over Nagash goodies. It's literally Sigmar's yeah. blood and it's awesome. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a thing that um, people get a little bit annoyed uh, at s- certain um, Lord movements. It's like, no, no, this makes sense. Uh, it's the same thing with Alberic. And I've said this before, it's literally just a throwback to fifth edition. Yeah. Plus it, it's, that is such a good move. Come on guy. Like Albrecht was so boring. <laughs> like it was so boring and you know there's probably gonna be a new confederation tech and he's probably gonna and all the bretonian characters their confederation techs are in different orders um because it's based on how close you are to them uh yeah. so you know albrick is gonna have aquitaine like immediately so if you mm-hmm. wanna if you wanna confederate um bordelo back under your control if you're playing albrick you'll be able to do that super fast but like him being in brigon is uh it's so much it's so fucking cool it's so much better i just hope that he gets like access to shipbuilding because he is the naval bretonian faction yeah and they also I, 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 they also need to bring in his voice actor to record like everything instead of just like a couple things <laughs> yeah because <laughs> like, fact, there, he lot. does have a voice actor he just yeah. doesn't have that many lines yeah it's a shame because like uh, he's cool I, I know a lot of people because yeah he's generic let's be honest he is uh like he only recently was it last year or the year before that where he, they gave him the trident uh it was it was at some point in warhammer 2's development so it was probably like two years ago um, yeah but yeah, hey that was a hard fought win for the community okay <laughs> yeah get that damn trident it, it's like he's a cool character but I, I know a lot of people like oh because of this it's like look if you look at every other Bretonian character that had the miniature they all kind of look the same they do yeah 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 oh man dude I would literally sell like one of my nuts at this point I really wish that Bretonian paladins and 
lords had the ability that when you put them on a horse they get a lance <laughs> instead of them all yes. having swords it's yeah. so it's so like i understand they're like oh well we want to allow them to be on foot it's like yeah but then i don't get lances and like mm. it, it feels weird <laughs> that, it that it, everybody it has a sword um but uh he has a he has a generic brett lord face you never you never see his face the only time you see albrecht's face is in the damn like intro movie yeah <laughs> you never see his face outside of that just spice up his helmet a bit more but like i don't think anyone else has his helmet in the game mm. um uh, someone's asking here uh rich did mention uh bohemond if i recall correctly yeah he did in the stream and it wasn't really like something that like it's confirmed it's like what he got asked in that stream was uh, if he could see a character that he'd really like, and he'd said that because that was his favorite Bretonian. It's like, yeah, yeah, you know, like he's pushing for it, maybe. I mean, we did see that there is Bohemond uh, concept art for his weapon, for his special lance in the uh, art book. Yes, that is, that is true. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't be against Bohemond the Beast Slayer. Um, personally, I would prefer Bertrand the Brigand just because he would be very, very different. Um, but like, you know, a lot of people want Bahamund and it would give us a really sexy Lance character, which I would not say no to. Yeah. Like I, I'm pretty chill. Uh, I can't remember his name at the moment because I was just actually funny enough sticking him into a, uh, death hole bath. Who's the character, the Bretonian with the, um, he's riding on the black, uh, the, the armor colors are black and white and he's got like the flail instead of a Lance. Oh shit. Um, Oh, oh god. god it's not is it theodric um yes yeah, yeah, yes yeah, yes theodric yeah it's fucking cool man like i, I love that miniature yeah i mean i would yeah i would definitely like more spicy variety among mm. our uh maldred <laughs> maldred we you mean malobad <laughs> or do you mean maldred Ma i would prefer Mal malobad over maldred a lot of people have been asking for malobad uh which you know is possible you never know yeah, my, uh, yeah, uh, that would be that would be I, I I would be like that would be the one piece of Bretonian content that they'd be like, okay, we're gonna charge you money this time, and I'd be like, please, please. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, okay, so so of the characters from the prior games who moved, which is your favorite? What's your favorite move? Uh, I don't know. I kind of like. Teclas not being in Austria. But do you like him it, being in the Southlands? It could be interesting. It could be interesting. I, I think having Teclas fighting directly against um, Kairos is going to be quite fun for a very early fuckery, you know? I, I do love that. Uh, like, having the two big bad wizards go up against each other very quickly, is that's pretty fun. Yeah. And uh, obviously, mo moving uh, the Death Master into Cafe is going to be very interesting to play. Yes. Mm -hmm. And finally, this... we know where Clan Eshin has maybe some bases in the lore, mm -hmm. which is really exciting. Yeah, like, I I I'm honestly, I I'm looking at this, like, my big thing was obviously uh, Tretch. That was the only thing that I really called out for a lot in videos, because, like, I like Clan Rictus. And, like, people might not know because he's a joke in Total War, but, like, Rictus and Tretch, like, a proper Tr Rictus army on the tabletop was actually pretty decent. Uh, yeah, and, uh, scary. Yeah, Stormvermin mm -hmm. were nasty in tabletop. If Plus used, the, uh, if used the bonuses properly. to flanking. The bonuses to flanking were just incredible. 
Yeah, I uh, and I, I'm really glad he's home as well because like he's I mean he's got some cool buffs to Storm Vermin, but once you get that Clan Rictus unique building, um, I think anybody can build it. But there's a there's a there's a landmark building in addition to like the Clan Rictus headquarters. But there's a landmark building that gives you like Super Storm Vermin. That building mm. is fucking great. And mm -hmm. the fact that he's going to have access to that immediately is going to be so nice for a Storm Vermin focused character. Yeah. I mean, generally, you've got so uh, <clears throat> you've got so much that you could work with here. I am. I'm really happy. I'm a little confused with some, but like, I think the world is just looking amazing. Like, I look at this map often. and I'm like, oh, I just want to play. Yeah, so badly. <laughs> yeah, the the wait is pretty torturous. Um, yeah, yeah. I I think for me, um, I I have a similar treach one to you, where it's like it wasn't a big deal, but to me it was a big deal, and for mm. me it was actually Tehenuin. Um, mm. getting Tehenuin out of uh Slonhapek and back down to the Night Forest, um, was was so made me so happy. I hated him being in Slonhapek. Because it was just, it was too crowded. Like, it was like, I always despise that Tehenuin just took over some random-ass Lizardman city that he just doesn't have a connection to. You know, it's like, it would have been one thing if he had gone somewhere where he at least has a relationship with the settlement. Like, you know, they're like, ah, oh, yes, we have this weird settlement near Mazdamundi that's the, uh, that's like a little way south of them. That's like the, the it's, a, it's like the Temple of Sotek or the Shrine of Sotek. Could have gone there. They said no. Oh, he could have gone on the Western shore. They said, no. Uh, okay. He could have gone to like one of the cities. He actually is like originally from, they're like, no. And they just, uh, Zlana Peck was just weird. Um, uh, for me personally, I just didn't like it. So I'm really, really happy that he's somewhere where he like has space to himself and he can just focus on murdering Skaven. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things that, Maybe a lot of people don't notice it. Like the grand majority of the player base won't notice it. I think you and I and a few others from a more lore aspect and getting used to tabletop campaigns and so on, we're like, this doesn't work for this character here, you know? Yeah, but there are also some that are just like blowing my mind with how fucking cool they are. Like both Boris Ursus and Oxyodal, hilarious. Absolutely mm. hilarious. I mean, it makes a lot of sense where Oxyodal is because his campaign mechanics make him fuck off for a while doesn't it so going into an area where it's just mostly minor factions at least for now is going to make his campaign a little bit easier to manage oh yeah well and it's just like he i mean it's like he can literally go anywhere <laughs> so yeah. like if you're gonna put someone in the fucking boonies um it's oxyodal <laughs> yeah and, and boris is deceptively close to kislev um mm -hmm. he's you know if he jumps into the ocean immediately he's like right there you're a coward if you do that, but <laughs> but uh, it's there. You can always fall back home if you need to. Um, I uh, I just can't wait to see how this progresses with DLC and stuff. I, I just can't wait. Like I said uh, last week, I, wa I don't want to see the map. I, I want to see so many icons that we just don't see the map anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, based on the size of the faction fonts they were using, uh, that will definitely happen at some point. <laughs> yeah. It won't even take that many more characters. But, uh, yeah. I mean, we've got, what, 14 more lords that we're eventually going to see because they're already thinking about number 100. Yes, we we know for a fact they have started working on who they want, not, want number 100 to be as far as, like, deciding who's going to take such a major um, 
uh, celebration position. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes, yeah, so yeah, we're looking at uh, we're looking at a lot of characters. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. I mean, it's it's likely. I mean, we've got eighty six now. Uh, that was from their own official post. Uh, then what? Four chaos dwarfs. I'm thinking four chaos dwarfs. That Sun seems spell? very likely. Yep. Yeah. And then obviously then Lord Packs here and there. That's extra two if they keep going with that format. It's gonna be a while. It's gonna be a while. We're gonna have a lot of stuff, man. We're gonna have it's gonna be good. Yeah. It's uh it's gonna be spicy. Like just just looking at the possible campaigns, it's like Grombrindol and Nagaroth is gonna be so fun. Nakari mm-hmm. and Ulthuan looks like a blast. Mal- you can just literally play Malice Darkblade's books, which is going to be super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Nakai actually is doing something interesting. <laughs> good, good. What a good boy. Um, look here, Fellhearts raiding the East. Like, ah, oh, there's just there's just so much fun, dude. It just looks fun. It's it's definitely got a shit ton of potential. I, I just can't wait until um. We start seeing because there's obviously some movement which makes me question stuff. Like for example, Grimgore getting moved uh, makes sense law friendly because eventually the Chaos Dwarves are going to be there. And it's going to be an amazing campaign just to fight the Chaos Dwarves directly. But he's been moved now from quite a nice place. Do you think maybe we see a certain orc that originally had oh, that there? Yeah, dude. Please, God, give me the rot gut. Give me those rotten guts. Just yeah. make. Just give me. Give me the. Give me the Squatter King. I need him. Uh, it's just all that makes sense because it be looks s- like a really curious move. Yeah, dude, just a just a tanky ass orc legendary lord who his only function is to be an unkillable tank just sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just a big fucking shield. He's got his uh you know, he's got his goofy ass helmet. Just I love Gorfang. I love Gorfang. He's so fun. Uh, I I don't think many people uh, there's there's not a lot of stories about him, but uh, there are two short stories or there's a short story a story and a novella that feature him very heavily, uh, and he, well actually no he's in so he's in the Quick Headtaker novel then he shows up in the Thorgrim novella and then he also has his own short story which is called the the King of Black Crag and he's so fun he's such a fun character yeah the troll eater dude literally eats trolls for breakfast come on. There's just so much potential to bring in, like, so many characters. And we, we, we want to see it. You know, we want to see as many of them as possible. Because, well, not only, and obviously, not only is it good for business for us, because it keeps us keeping making content, but as fans of the series for a long, long time, we want we want to see as much as possible, because it's literally what we've been... this We've been asking for this type of game for years. Yep. It's crazy that we're kind of finally here. Yeah, it's weird. Very it is, surreal. It is very weird. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm excited. Mm. All right. Uh, next thing on the agenda is who would win? Good. Um, mm. I can finally do this, and people can stop asking about it. It'll be delightful. All right. <laughs> One second. I need to get uh some more water because it's ungodly hot. Yeah, dude, go get some water. And then it's who would win time. How y'all doing, chat? Everybody hanging in there okay? Make sure y'all are drinking water. Stay hydrated. Stay hydrated out there. We got a, we got a fun matchup for y'all today. It's one I saw suggested in my Who Would Win Arena Discord channel. 
is I go in there and I look for matchups. So if you're like, man, I would love my matchup to be picked for who would win on Lorebeards, that's where you put it. It's not a good day. It's too hot. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> How's my Sunday going? I'm all right. Um, I'm a little tired. I didn't get much sleep last night. Um, is there any hope for Dakala? Yes, I would say that you are still practically guaranteed to get Dakala at some point. I mean, have factions in game, you know? Yeah, and just listen, guys. Like, remember, like, we got a long future for this game. You're going to just have to be patient for certain things. <laughs> like, just because your character isn't making it in right now doesn't mean you're never going to see them. Um, yeah. And Dakala is is very high up, I think, on a potential list. And hey, because, yeah, Slanesh fans, y'all do have an unfair advantage because y'all got that plus one with Sigvald. So y'all are one ahead of all the other gods. <laughs> just need one more mortal Slaneshi Lord and I've got my dream. Nathan doesn't have legs. He doesn't need legs. He can walk on his massive balls because of how, like, just crazy <laughs> awesome he is. Um, all right. So for today's Who Would Win, we have a we have an interesting showdown. We have two characters who never met. Um, uh, granted, one of these characters uh, never really had to meet anybody because uh, she's from a different game. But we've got the Norska-hating Aranessa Saltspite, the captain of the Swordfish versus the eternal challenger wolfric the wanderer so as a quick refresher for anyone that's maybe not terribly familiar with these characters in one corner uh we have arness assault spite a mutant who was born to a tribe in norska that weirdly did not take nicely to mutants for some bizarre ass reason and uh, despite the fact that she had been marked by a god, they said, yeah, yeah, well, she doesn't look like she was marked by one of our gods. And so uh, the chief of the tribe very cruelly uh, disowned his daughter and they threw her into the sea. But it turns out that she was she was marked by a god and that god was not interested in her dying. So she because uh, she had a mermaid tail as her. um. Uh, mutation along with scales and webbed fingers and stuff uh she ultimately because she was born a mermaid and uh she was taken in by sea naiads and the or sea nymphs and these uh water spirits took her to a secret isle and they raised her and they fed her on the bounty of the sea and they nursed her with a uh, divine uh you know, <laughs> stuff. And uh, she fully evolved into being Manon's daughter. But despite the fact that she lived somewhere safe and she learned to be a master of the ocean and she learned uh, how to wield a, a trident uh, with insane effectiveness, uh, learning from the master himself, uh, Big Daddy, good old Manon, uh, she decided she wanted to be in the lands of men. She did not want to remain in the lands of uh she wanted to stay out of uh she didn't want to stay out forever she wanted to explore the world live with man see see the world get out there be the little mermaid but way more hardcore and uh realizing that she could not do so with her legs the way she were they were uh she took uh she bit down on something took a knife and carved her legs uh 
at where her uh, they fused together to make her mermaid tail. She chopped them off and didn't make a sound because she's that badass. She didn't gr- she didn't even grunt. Like there's literally a specific note. She didn't make a sound. Uh, she chops her own legs off and uh, uses some swordfish uh, that she uh, I don't there, there's it's a specific species of swordfish. But uh, she caught these really nasty fish and she literally implanted their sword spear things into her legs to give her uh, stumpies and uh, let her walk. And then she got on a boat and rode out and Manon was like, go forth, my child, and kick ass. And she made her way out into the world and she's made quite a name for herself as one of the big bad pirate captains, especially around Sartosa, where she likes to hang out and is very well known. She took over eventually as the captain of the Swordfish, where she was a crew member there for a long time and eventually worked her way up to captain. She's notorious for having one of the most foul mouths seen on the seas. Uh, In the novel, there's actually a funny note about her (laughs) swearing being particularly uh, like even sailors take psychic damage from listening to her talk. And she she was also notorious for uh, being a very dangerous but exotic lover. Uh, fun fact, she even slept with Captain Jaeger Roth, um, which, uh, had an interesting relationship between the two of them. And she also has an ogre first mate and is known to have ogres on her crew, uh, because she can handle them because she doesn't take shit from nobody. And for magic items, she's actually very simple. Uh, she's got the Kraken's Bane. Uh, we don't know a ton of history about the Kraken's Bane, Uh, We just know that it's a terrifying trident that apparently has elements uh, either blessing-wise or physically-wise carries the spirit or components of a literal kraken within it, likely physical components, and krakens are the big bad of the Warhammer Oceans next to the likes of like the Black Leviathan and other such big monstrosities. And of course, she's known for using a net sometimes that she throws at people to entangle them. She's very skilled with her spear. She's a very agile fighter. And uh, yeah. In the other corner, weighing significantly more because he wears lots of armor, we've got Wolfric the Wanderer, the Eternal Challenger. Uh, A man who literally screwed himself over because he drank too much. Uh, (laughs) He is a a public service announcement for... uh, don't don't get too wasted because you might say something you'll regret for eternity because <laughs> Wolfric was already a big badass of the what tribe was he was he a sorrel uh i think so i, I want to say he was up. yeah i want to say he was a sorrel but uh he's a native norskin and uh he was already a big badass in his own right he uh had a impressive ship he did lots of cool raiding and eventually he got uber duper famous because he managed to strike down and kill King Torgald, which King Torgald was a man who desired to be king of all Norska. And that happens sometimes. There are there are Jarls and rulers in Norska, but every once in a while there will be some asshole who thinks he could be king or high king and tries to take over and uh, eventually what will end up happening to them is they will piss off all the other Norskins because they're like, nah. And uh, King Torgald was one of these individuals and Wolfric was ultimately the one who rose against him and struck him down 
and took his sword, which Total War Warhammer upgraded to being a magic weapon, which makes sense because, you know, you probably had a nasty weapon being a chaos-worshipping uh, big bad king of the Norskins. And, however, after that legendary victory, uh, Wolfric got super wasted uh, in the victory hall, and he got so drunk and was so high on his victory that he boasted out loud, I am the greatest there is. I could literally defeat any challenger. No one could best me. And the Dark Gods were like, bet. <laughs> bet. So they cursed him. And they cursed Wolfric uh, that he can never rest and he must eternally wander the world seeking out worthy challengers to prove that he is indeed uh, the greatest there is, the biggest, baddest warrior. And to aid him in this task, the Dark Gods gave him the gift of tongues, which allows him to speak any language as if he was a native and he literally just uses it to craft perfect insults uh, that have all the cultural relevance that as if he had lived there his entire life and makes just the ugliest in your face, your mama challenges that you could imagine to make people get really pissed out, pissed off and come agree to his fights. And of course he has his legendary ship Seafang, which allows him to sail through the realm of chaos instead of through the oceans uh, like a pleb. And uh, it's super nasty and has a big crew and stuff. And while it would be tempting to allow this who would win to include a ship fight. Uh, frankly, the swordfish is a little bit of a higher caliber <laughs> than the sea yeah. fang. The sea fang has much better maneuverability and stuff, but the swordfish is like a titan. It's just, it's just, yeah. it's just too big. Um, so anyway, Nathan, what are your thoughts? Well, both the characters are quite cool, in all honesty. Both of them are very strong in their own right. Uh, a quick note to those who haven't just yet. Uh, if you haven't read the Wolfric book, you should, because it's probably one of the best books that Black Library have ever released. Definitely um, definitely the best novel um, that... Uh, uh, oh, gosh, I'm having a brain fart. Uh, was it Nathan? No, it was Josh Reynolds, right? Uh, yeah, I think it was Josh Reynolds. Yeah. yeah, definitely the best fantasy book Josh Reynolds ever wrote. Yeah, like it humanizes Chaos Warriors a little bit, which is fucking fantastic. Oh yeah, pull time. Uh, hmm. But uh, don't forget to run a poll. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, slash poll. Slash poll. Thank you. Oh yeah, and of course Wolfric wears heavy armor. Uh, his armor isn't enchanted, but it is chaos armor, so it's very very durable and heavy. Doesn't wear a helmet though. Uh, and he is of course a big badass fighter and has killed a lot of like really nasty challengers and stuff. He's killed Chaos Dwarf Lords. He's killed uh, Yeti Kings. He's killed Dwarf Lords. He's killed a lot of things. Ooh. Anyway, sorry, you were saying, Nathan. Sorry, I'm just getting this sorted. How did Wolfric die in the end? Uh, he challenged Valtin to a fight when Valtin was wielding Galmaraz, which was not very wise. No, oh, yeah, that's all. Um, uh, no, he's not going to have the mammoth because Wolfric being on a mammoth just doesn't make sense. Like, I could see Wolfric riding a horse or a chariot, but a mammoth? No. <laughs> Wolfric likes to be like in the thick of it himself. Him riding a mammoth is very weird to me. Mm, a little bit, yeah. It's but, not yeah, okay. it's not like it's not techless on a Phoenix levels of weird, but it's like it's like Cetra on a War Sphinx levels of weird. Like it's mm. not impossible, but I it just I just don't see the character doing that. So anyway, sorry, go ahead. I don't, the two uh I don't know, both of them are very competent fighters. We've seen that from the 
the law. Unfortunately, Aranessa doesn't really have that much, considering that she was only really in Dreadfleet, wasn't she? Right. Um, mm. I'd have to go with Wolfric, though, because throughout the novel, we do hear that Wolfric gets into a lot of challenging fights. There's the scene with the Yeti up in Norska, too. Mm-hmm. <sighs> like, the dude can face, like, a lot of odds. The fucker is strong. Whereas Aranessa, I, I don't feel like we had a lot, you know? Yeah, uh, I, we, we do have a, a decent bit of fighting from Aranessa in the Dreadfleet novel, um, but mm. it's like, it's annoyingly difficult to get a hold of uh, because it had a very limited release uh, due to Dreadfleet's yeah. poor sales. But um, the thing about Aranessa that I really, really like about because Aranessa herself is a scary-ass fighter. Um, yeah. You know, like, uh, y'all have seen her fighting style in uh, Total War Warhammer where she has what I affectionately call the stripper pole dance. Um, which is uh, she's she's very kind of all over the place, uh, shanking and stabbing. And she goes up. I mean, she goes toe to toe with Count Noctilus uh, once. And like she can hold her own against some pretty scary people. Um, and of course, she's also been all over the world, fought lots of terrifying monsters. Um, but there is something to be said. You know, she it's kind of the classic agility versus raw strength and tankiness. Like, Wolfric could definitely take a hit better than Aranessa could because he's yeah. wearing full chaos armor. And he also, you know, he's got a big shield, so he's good at defending himself. He's got those, you know, the gift of tongues. You can't underestimate that. It's a really clever yeah. way to make someone goof up uh, because yeah. they get so enraged that they end up making a tactical mistake. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, there's also something to be said for, you know, he's also an incredibly, incredibly gifted swordsman. He's got some really, like, cool little mutations. Um, they're not obvious, but Wolfric does actually have mutations. Uh, he's actually got yeah. wolf teeth, and uh, he's, his strength is heavily augmented. Um, but, uh, but you know, Arnessa, she, you know, she can't throw a net at him. And, you know, despite the fact that he's big and strong, that probably would screw him, screw him over for at least a little bit, a couple seconds. Uh, and she is also very... that A trident is a mean-ass weapon, especially when it's augmented... Uh, with some spiky, uh, like literally the most dangerous sea predator in the Warhammer world. Uh, yeah. If something's going to pierce chaos armor, that trident's going to pierce chaos armor. I mean, the the only real weakness from from a law perspective for Wolfric is it generally his emotions, because the dude is uh, the dude almost gets him him and his party killed on, on numerous occasions. But that's uh, classic chaos lord. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it's mostly because he got cucked a few times, right? I mean, that's the main basis of the story. Yeah, uh, Wolf Wolfric definitely also has an arrogance problem. Like that that yeah. boast he made to the Dark Gods, that wasn't kind of like a one-off. Like that's that's definitely a core aspect of his personality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I could definitely see him underestimating Aranessa because he's like, this is just some small woman with peg legs. Uh, yeah. And then she ends up being significantly more dangerous. <laughs> um. But uh, so okay, so are you so are you just full team Wolfric? You're 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 sticking with Wolfric? I'm gonna have to go with my boy. Yeah. Okay, and uh, you know I I think there's some very solid reasons for that. Dude's got heavy armor. That shield can't can never discount a shield. He's fought a lot of different kinds of. I mean, dude's fought elves. He's fought chaos dwarves. He's fought dwarves. He's fought demons. He's fought everything under the sun. Mm. Um, personally, I'm gonna go with Arnessa just to be a contrarian because that always makes things more interesting. Um, I, I do think that Aranessa, uh, I do think he would underestimate her and that she's kind of one of those characters that 
she's gonna get the kill very fast like he's gonna say something she's gonna get pissed but she's gonna throw that net tangle him up for just long enough that she like vaults herself in the air and then just spear thrust right through the dude's head because he doesn't wear a helmet because he's a goof but my chat emphatically disagreed with me uh 70 of my chat went for wolfric the wanderer only 30 percent went with arnis assault spite my uh poll disappeared within a minute for some nice. reason but uh angry <laughs> angry viking beats angry fish lady okay okay um and uh yeah so that's it for today's who would win hope y'all enjoyed that uh just a reminder if you ever want to recommend who would wins uh pop by either message nathan or myself i have a channel dedicated for it on my discord called the who would win arena where people argue with each other constantly but uh, i always look in there uh for fights so yeah wolfric chat chats very firmly in team wolfric <laughs> um all right so uh next up on today's agenda ah oh, yeah cool 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 so next we're gonna talk about a rumor uh well it's not a rumor it's a it's a i wouldn't call it a leak because it doesn't really say anything um, but something very interesting came up, which we have been all, I'm sure you and I both got messaged a shitload about, um, mm -hmm. which is this, I'll pull it up on screen. So there was a, there was a little update article that the man who voices Teclas, I believe the voice actor for Teclas, yep. um, Jason something, um, he's changed his name a few times. Oh, has he really? Um, yeah. But he is playing the voice of Prince Aravale, the bearer of the powerful Amulet of Sunfire in Total War Warhammer 3. So, uh, Prince Aravale, for anyone uh, who's in the dark, which is probably a lot of people, is mm -hmm. a very, very briefly mentioned footnote character in the High Elf Army books. He mm -hmm. is the son of Phoenix King Morval. Uh, which, you know, he's Aravel, Morval. Um, Phoenix King Morval was the Phoenix King before the most, the last one. So he was two Phoenix Kings before Finnebar. Mm -hmm. um, so this was a long time ago. We're talking like at least, I, I believe it was like a thousand plus years. Um, Something like that. Yeah. Uh, it's been a hot minute. So uh, he was indeed the bearer of the Amulet of Sunfire, which the Amulet of Sunfire is one of three really, really, really powerful artifacts given to the High Elves by the goddess Lilaith. So Lilaith, aka Ladriel, Lady of Mist, aka the Lady of the Lake, um, she likes to get involved with things. And to the High Elves, she gifted them three god-tier powerful artifacts that are literally her own goodies. So these are literally god-level artifacts. She gave them the Star Crown, which was shattered uh, thanks to some Dark Elf shenanigans during the Sundering into five pieces, which if you've played Warhammer 2, you actually spend the Vortex campaign collecting the five pieces of the Star Crown. Um, and it allows you to do some pretty crazy shit at the end of the campaign. Um, if the, uh, the second one was the Moon Staff of Lilaith, which is wielded by our boy Teclas. And mm -hmm. is so OP that it has literally allowed him to one-shot multiple special characters. And then last is the Amulet of Sunfire, which we have no idea what the hell it did. But for some reason, Morvael was enough of a dipshit to allow his son to have it and take it on a sea voyage. And he did. And then he died in the Gulf of 
Oh god, it's it's directly below the, the Southlands. Gulf. Yeah, the Churning Gulf. Churning Gulf, which yeah. is south of the Southlands. Um, it's uh, interesting enough where Kairos is. Yeah, it's very similar, very close to where Kairos is. So, uh, yeah, and he so he disappeared over a thousand years ago and was never seen again. So presumably dead. Um, seems very likely, especially because he was you know he was very close to like the Southlands and the Southern Chaos Waste, and there's a lot of nasty shit down there. So, yeah. what could this mean, Nathan? What are your thoughts? Right. So, uh, I've I had to look through uh, historic stuff when stuff like this does happen. It's very possible that he did legit record lines for this because we did have, uh, I think it was around eight months prior to release of the Shadow of the Blades, we did have this happen before, where the voice actor updated his IMDb profile and his website and said, "I voice Deathmaster Stickage." Yeah. Oh, yeah. That happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I I do think it's legit. I do think it's legit. Yeah. Now it could also be because maybe CA have learned. Possibly not, but you never know. This is the first time <laughs> that he has voiced a character, but this is a red herring because if you watch stuff like, say, I don't know, Walking Dead, The Orville, anything, right? People go to casting calls for different characters, but they're actually voicing someone else. Yeah, they'll give them a fake name. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe Sea Lord Aisling? Yeah, well, and here's what I think um, I think it is Sea Lord Aisling. And, but mm. I do think this is also completely legit because my thought is that if they were to release Sea Lord Islin as a legendary lord, um, he'll probably be in a lord pack. And the thing about mm -hmm. lord packs is that they have their own self-contained storylines. That's the established yeah. thing. So what I'm thinking this will be is that Sea Lord Islin is going to go out to find the Amulet of Sunfire before some nefarious bad guy does because it's so mm -hmm. powerful and that what he recorded um jason are voice lines for prince uh aravel who's going to be like narrating a journal about like what happened to him where did mm -hmm. he go so like Iceland's going to be following uh prince aravel's clues or mm -hmm. whatever happened to him and that's what the campaign's going to be about that's what the lord pack is about it's going to be a race to get the sunfire amulet uh, Ar Amulet of Sunfire between Iceland and somebody. Um, there's yeah. so many potential options. I uh, I think there's there's a there, there, there's a lot there. As, I mean, imagine we've already got a perfect start for the Sea Lord himself too. Yeah, Eastern Isles. The, exactly, they're empty, but they can be uh, colonized. We do know that. That was confirmed by CA. Yeah, and we know there's a Hyle faction there at the start of the campaign. Mm -hmm. So it's like, hmm, that could be a great place for Hyle Star. Wonder why Cat the Techless wasn't moved there. So it's like, yeah, works. Then maybe a Chaos faction in um in the Southern Wastes, possibly. Could be. Uh, I I could definitely see like Dakala the Denied. You know, you get an Elf versus Cursed Elf. Um, yeah. I could see. Uh, Personally, I could see um, a new Vampire Coast character. I could see mm -hmm. a Jade Vampire Vampire Coast Pirate Queen, maybe, versus Iceland and have another sea-themed DLC. Yeah, it could work. It could honestly very work uh, work very well. Um, there's so much that could be done. And it, it's curious, because like um, this happens so often with CA, with little leaks and so on. <laughs> you don't say... Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like 
I, I'm actually legit excited because uh, there's a unit that we've all been wanting for the High Elves, right? We've all been waiting for the Sky Cutter. We, we all have. Mm. And now, you know, we, we have that technology because obviously that the animations or the baseline animations from the Sky Cutter would be used from that Zinshian unit that escapes me right now. The uh... Oh, the uh, Burning Chariot. The Burning Chariot, yeah, because it would be the same, more or less... Uh, basic rigging and it's like this would be the perfect time this would be the perfect fucking time not now though because first like let's get this out of the way and then the chaos tools but you know what i mean yeah oh someone posted a uh yeah i i think i've seen this it's a it's a faction icon uh if, i'll i'll look into it and it ends up being something we'll talk about it later there's a few faction icons that have been uh, out there. Which one's this one? The uh, the Chala one or? It's the it's the one that looks very vampire coasty. It's like or vampire county. It's like a it looks, oh yeah. It's like a it's like a Cathayan zombie with a sticker on his face. Yeah, I mean we are expecting a jade vampire in the future. Eventually we are. Yeah, and just like there's gonna be vampire coast or vampire counts or both. Um, or neither, but there's almost assuredly, I mean, Cathay is huge. Yeah. Um, it's very, very big. There's going to be a lot of AI factions there and presumably yeah. some of them will be undead. Yeah. Like we're going to have to get, um, cause we know they're established in law. If you guys go back to the interview that Sotek and I did with Andy Hall, yep. he outright confirmed that the bloodline, uh, for the J vampires does exist. So like, it's only a matter of time. The only one that he didn't confirm, which is funny enough, someone mentioned it that we are now cited as sources in the in the Warhammer Fantasy Wiki. Uh, the Ind bloodline, which we never really asked about, was never like mentioned. <laughs> we, yeah, we we did not discuss that with him at all. We did not yeah. talk about Matt. We did not talk about Matt Macy's uh, yeah. <laughs> bloodline. <laughs> but like fucking the, wiki. The <laughs> Yeah, our only source, uh, us being sources, is us uh, showing our incompetence. <laughs> yeah, like, but, uh, I think all we said was, like, he went south. Like, that's all we know about him. He went south. <laughs> okay, anyway, moving on. <laughs> there, there is a lot, like, we know that the Jade Vampires are a thing. I would love to see a Jade Vampire character in the Vampire Coast. I, I think that would be kind of mm, cool. I, I think it would, well, and because the Vampire Coast is, like, it's, you know, it's kind of a loose confederation of bloodlines. It'd be nice for them to have like, this is our bloodline. Like, you know, this is, th you know, uh, if Vampire Coast were to show up on tabletop, it's like, these are the guys that really embrace Vampire Coastage. No, definitely, definitely. Because like, the, the great thing about vampires, I think, and this is something that has always been really good in Warhammer lore, is that the vampires are incredibly, incredibly varied. And a, a, an issue, uh, and this is something that I personally have an issue with with Total War, is that we don't get that distinction. I would love to see DLC, which would add in bloodlines as factions, right? Mm. So we'd get unique looking units, a mini roster and shit like that, because it would be great to see each of the vampires given a proper push, you know? Yeah, well, and, you know, for me, that's why the Jade Vampires are so exciting. And uh, why I also think Vampire Coast needs them so badly is because we would finally have a drastically different culture to pull undead ideas exactly. from. Um, like, listen, I, I love our Vampire Counts in the West. Um, and there are definitely, like, I could easily, right now, 
off the top of my head give you like a full lord's pack worth of dlc units for the lamians and the necrox not yeah. hard um yeah. like uh and like like even like for like when you're looking at like blood dragons and stragoi yeah. yeah there are there are still ideas bumping around there too um mm -hmm. but like jade vampires that's really like that is that's like a whole new horizon um yes. which because as much as i love the vampire coast um they don't really have a future as far as like adding more stuff right now um yeah. they've already they've already had to bastardize some stuff that was originally meant for the vampire coast or uh vampire counts but they, it turned into a vampire coast thing being the Morngols, the necrofax um mm. like if, if y'all ever go look up the original necrofax colossus uh they were just big monsters like they, they it was the same design they didn't have gun hands though they were just like big melee monsters and then mm -hmm. ca was like oh we need a big monster what if we put a gun on it <laughs> and games workshop loved it so much that uh we actually got a necrofax colossus in warhammer fantasy fourth edition roleplay they have mm -hmm. gun arms <laughs> like that's just the way they are now they just have gun arms um, which uh, I think I have to fight one of those at some point in the campaign I'm in, and I'm scared. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I there, there's so many exciting things that could be done for Vampire Counts, and they like Vampire Counts. I feel like just need DLCs focused around the bloodlines, but yeah. Vampire Coast. I think giving them a new bloodline is is really what cements their future. Yeah, I mean the coast is something that I've always been curious about because it's. It's clearly a race uh, which, you know, had the sixth edition supplement, which was like, what, 10 pages. Uh, if that. And <laughs> yeah, if that. And I, I keep thinking, it's like, maybe this is a, um, a faction that GW didn't really have planned because uh, it's one of those things that just there's no army book. Whereas you can see the stark difference between Kislev and Cafe, which do have army books. We just haven't seen them. And we know this. We can already feel... This is empty. This is coming as DLC. We're definitely getting this as DLC. We get it. Whereas the Vampire Coast, it was like, there you go, done. Yeah, I mean, uh, they they did a great job. I mean, they adapted everything that was in the White Dwarf because um, it had it had a roster. It just wasn't a very big roster. Uh -huh. um, like they even gave us all the items that were in its magic list and everything. Um, oh yeah, yeah. For Sixth Edition, it was great. Yeah, but like, uh, I like Dreadfleet definitely is like what allowed it to blossom. Um, yeah. but, uh, I mean, you could tell it's in a funky, like it was originally in a funky place. Cause I mean, we got salt spite as the first, the fourth Lord, which has always been kind of a contentious issue of that. A lot of people want her to have more living units because she's a living character. Um, yeah. and her gimmick is not very well explored. Um, which is something I hope to see them do in the future. Um, you know, I, I would, I don't know when we would get an opportunity to do that, but I would love if we ever get like more naval humans somehow um, yeah. for there to be uh, like, you know, RNS will get more goodies from that somehow. But, exactly. Um, yeah. But I will say, um, how did we get onto this topic? Oh yeah. We were talking about this. Uh, I will say that I, I am very excited uh, at the potential for high elf DLC with Island. Um, I think he'd be fantastic and he would represent the aspect of the high elves that we're still missing, which is the naval aspect. You know, we're still missing our Lawthorn sky cutters where we could use sea helms, uh, Merworm we, units, merworms. Yes, please. God, merworms. Um, and, uh, yeah, like that, that I would 
buy the shit out of that. And she, man, she he could fight some super fun people. Jade Vampires, yeah. awesome. To call of the Denied, awesome. Um, uh, Nurgle Plague Fleet under Gutrot Spume, awesome. Oh um, yes. Like you I know, love there, yeah, there are there are plenty of baddies on the ocean that would be so fun. It's uh, there's so much potential for for, for it. Like I, I look at the world map and I'm thinking, oh man, there's so much DLC potential. I just hope that it's done right and like characters aren't like uh, put into areas which would then kill it off for another character. Like it's just you never know. You never know. Mm -hmm. well and you know they, they're like hey we can move people easier now so like they could red herring the shit out of us if they want to mm. would not be hard you know what i would really like mm. you know what i'd really really like uh i can't remember his name uh he's he's a he's a dreadfeet character he's a tomb king oh king oh god it's like king amontanip <laughs> Some, I, I don't remember his name off the top of my head but i do know who you're talking about king seven syllables yeah uh <laughs> yeah imagine him uh, as a Toonkin character, but with the Vampire Coast mechanics. Yeah, I could see it. It'd be fucking fun. Amano, Amanotep. Amanotep, yeah. No, Aman, Amanhotep. Okay, there we go. Amanhotep. Okay, yeah. I knew it started with an A. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I that would be very interesting. Uh, I Yeah, Amanhotep the Intolerant. That's <laughs> such a good name for a Toon King. Um, I certainly would not be against that. Um, I, you know, I feel like CA could just easily reuse some mechanics as long would, as it fits would, well. But here's know? the thing, though: Would you rather have Amanhotep the Intolerant, or would you rather have uh, um, Scrap or whatever the hell is name a Scrawl uh, Half Dead, the Skaven character? Ooh. We could have Undead Skaven. <laughs> I, I would legit want uh, Half Dead, uh, Scratch Half Dead. I would scratch, really like there we him. Go, scratch, yeah. But like, uh, we do have a lot of, we do have a lot of Skaven, and we we we're likely we are likely to get one more at the very least. You we're know, guaranteed to get one more. They promised us Thankful like two years ago. <laughs> yeah, but like that's why. Like we we already have what six, seven. Yeah. Well, people, oh, yeah. you know, if you were going to do a legendary hero, I still, I still loved the character that I found, uh, when I was doing, I did a legendary hero, uh, series on my YouTube channel, um, oh. which there's a playlist if anyone wants to go watch it, where I recommended legendary heroes for every single race in the game. And, uh, I found a character, oh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but it was a, it was a Strigoi vampire who took over a ship with his Threltsy. Um, so he has a he has a ship of ghouls. So he's a ghoul captain. Um, I, I I don't think he'd do for a legendary lord, but as a legendary hero, he'd be super fun because he would add like lots of fun like ghoul stuff. Um, but uh, I can see. Also I did say that they want to do more legendary heroes. They're on record on saying that. Oh yeah, please God, dude, just do legendary hero packs, CA. Like yeah, just just do a pack that has a bunch of legendary heroes. That's all I need. I, I tell uh, you, when they introduced, uh, when they did the, um, um, oh my god, DLC names, so many. Twisted in the Twilight. Uh, Twisted in the Twilight. Yeah, I, I knew where you were going. <laughs> yeah, that was that the was best DLC. That was amazing. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was the was best DLC ever made. Amazing. Amazing. Like, they just did it so well with how you unlock them and everything. I was like, god damn, 
we need more of this yeah. everybody everybody still jumps down my butthole about the whole forge a day thing but like still it was the best dlc <laughs> it was the most balanced yeah um, like, there and was now, so much now it's such good value like if you're ever like i don't know what lord pack to buy first that you should probably get that one first that's <laughs> yeah. very good um it, it's just so good it's done so well yes um let's uh are you ready to move on to today's last subject yeah okay so um something that we started um a little ways back um that we are heading into now uh is that me and nathan were like oh yeah we're like lore people we should do a lore segment in every <laughs> every lore beards episode you know because that's kind of what we're known for um so uh we're, every episode we're just going to kind of pick a random subject and talk about our favorite aspect of it we will take recommendations on these by the way if you want to like add us on twitter or do hashtag lore beards or something we'd love to see that but in any mm -hmm. event um Today's subject is we're going to talk about our favorite vampiric bloodlines. So, Nathan, who is your favorite vampire bloodline and why? Well, for me, it Gothic has to one. be the Strigoi. Oh, it Strigoi. has to be the Strigoi. Yeah. So uh, I played a little bit of Vamstring Sixth. And I don't know. It's just something about, you know, when you just feel bad for them, but you can relate to them in a sense. Because the Strigoi are awesome, but Bro, they've always you, been treated. Did you treated. just have to call everybody out in chat like that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's, it's just one of those things because, like, the Strigoi are cool and they are better at thinking than most of the other bloodlines, right? Like, a lot of the Strigoi stuff in lore just brings you up to just don't be a dickhead, you know? You can feed, feed on an asshole type of thing, you know? They definitely, and, they definitely got a raw deal. Uh, yeah, and it's obviously because let's be honest, Yushoran uh, was a little bit of a brat, and obviously Neferata was just not kind to him. Um, <clears throat> but any time that you hear of Strigoi, either they're going full animal, or some of them just take over little kingdoms and they do their stuff and they live their best life and they actually genuinely care about their subjects. Because you see that with, say, for example, Gashnag, right? Like, yeah, he's the, Black Black, the Prince. Black Prince, great character. Yeah, so like he's a cool character because he's actively protecting his people. Obviously, it's in to serve his best interest too, but he lives like a genuine king, and he's protecting his territory, and he just feeds on criminals and stuff like that. And I think that's kind of cool. Anytime that you hear about any Strigoi, it's it's just literally that with same thing with Morkane. Morkane was a yeah, prosperous they, they, nation. Yeah, they emulate Morkane because Ushorin. Ushorin was a dickhead when he lived in Lamia, but honestly, until he put on the crown of Nagash, which definitely messed him up, um, mm. in Morkane, he was a good ruler. Like, yeah. he actually did what Lamia wanted to do, but failed because Neferata did not reign in her court. Where, mm -hmm. like, Ushorin literally told everyone, okay, you could feed on criminals, orcs, um, or, like, people from other nations, but, like, we do not touch our own. And it that was yeah. an ironclad law under Ushorin's mm. rulership. That's literally why I, I actually really like them because of that. It's like, this is a very interesting way to write vampires. Not like vampires in general, but vampires in the Warhammer world, you know, where they're all generally bastards. Yep, and Strigoi are the only 
genuine bloodline that have very devoted, genuinely worship and miss them human followers, being the Stragani. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. Which is something like I said before, like we ever get like genuine blood like bloodline DLC, you know, have a Strigoi with the Strigani humans and a few Strigoi units and some ghouls. And there you go, something different, something fun, and something really thematic if you want to play as a good vampire, in a sense. Yeah. Ugh, come on, Vorag. I'm, yes. I'm, all, I'm all in on Vorag. <laughs> Vorag bloody tooth. Um, yeah, no, and I, I think I think that's a very respectable um, reason to like them, certainly. Um, plus, I mean, they got some really cool things. Like, they're the only guys that can ride a terror geist. That's really cool. Um, exactly. Ghoul kings are fun. Cryptors are fun. Um, for me... My favorite bloodline, uh, I don't think this is a well-kept secret, but my favorite bloodline is actually the Necrarchs. Mm. I love the Necrarchs, even though they are a bunch of absolute fucking nerds that are constantly backstabbing each other. I mean, they're academics. If you've ever been in a high academic circle, you know what it's like. <laughs> mm. um, but the Necrarchs, I love them so much because they're, they're constantly pushing the edge of undeath. Like they're the guys that are pushing what undeath means and what the vampires are capable of. They're inventing new forms of undead. Who like invented the first terror guys? The Necrarchs. Who invented? Who discovered how to create care rates? Necrarchs. Who learned how to bind hex rates to the vampire counts? Necrarchs. Like Necrarchs were. They're the inventors and the. Uh, the the mad scientists of the vampire counts and i i adore that about them like they're masters mm. of flesh crafting literally creating frankensteins and like stitching different creatures together and raising them up and seeing just what happens um and they're also the most big badass sorcerers and you know they like to hang out in their tower and not go out for hundreds of years and i relate to that but uh <laughs> <laughs> um and I, I, Zacharias the Everliving is my favorite vampire of all time. Like, he's just such a badass that, and I love, I love that he is the perfect encapsulation of work smarter, not harder, where Abrash went on like this whole pilgrimage and had this big epic fight, uh, one-on-one -on -one duel with an emperor red dragon and like proved that he was like super badass and killed and drank his blood and he cured his vampirism. What did Zacharias do? Zacharias found a really, really, he was exhausted and he was trying not to die and he found a quiet place to take a nap and a emperor class black dragon showed up and that was her house and she fell asleep and he ate her while she was asleep <laughs> and he just used magic to keep her asleep and fed off her till she died. <laughs> That's how he cured his vampiric curse. And I'm just like, what an ace. <laughs> just like, <laughs> Get owned, Avrash. <laughs> let me show you the. Let me show you the real way to do it. I didn't even have to fight. Um, I love. I, I love Zacharias. He cracks me up. Uh, he he absolutely did not earn that <laughs> achievement, but he got it anyway. Um, it's, it's, it's the whole thing smarter, right? Yeah, yeah. Him and literally Zacharias and Avrash are the only two vampires we know of that have cured their curse, and the mm. way they did it was so massively different. It just cracks me up. Um. <laughs> But uh, in any event, I uh, yeah, and I like the, and there's so many cool units we could get through a Necrarch DLC like yeah. Spirit Hosts, Unholy Armor, Patchwork Men. Um, uh, which, oh, what's the mount option? Uh, oh, the uh, Dread Abyssals. 
Those, yes. Yes, the big griffin-like creatures that are like, I, I think it's like wyverns, griffins, and etc. stitched together to make these horrifying, they look like gargoyles. Um, they look like yeah. big gargoyles. Uh, so, I have one of the minis somewhere. Yeah, I, oh, I love that mini. Like, it's so, it's such a cool looking creature. Um, mm. You could fight them in Warhammer Online, and I always love tracking them down and uh, fighting them. So uh, I did a poll for my chat. You can do one for yours real quick if you'd like. You know, just do like a quick three-minute poll on their favorite bloodline. Uh, my chat went 32% went Blood Dragon, 23% went Lamian, 11% went Strigoi, 13% went Von Karstein, and 11% went Neckark. <laughs> Blood, I do think Blood Dragon tends to be the most popular in like... The general masses. People just love well, dragons. They're this, very cool. There's something about them, isn't there? You know? Well, they're just like the super badass action heroes of the of the vampire counts. Um, we did get a lot of lore focus towards them. I think that was kind of what makes them so popular. Um, because I think once we got to 7th, they dropped the distinctions, didn't they? Uh, seventh edition was the last. Seventh edition narrowed the character list, and it seventh edition started focusing much more von Karstein. Yes, yeah, uh, I think seventh edition still had the ability to like take bloodlines based on certain kinds of or uh, powers based on certain bloodlines, and the eighth edition completely got rid of that. And eighth yeah. edition was just like you make your own vampire, but there's no like there wasn't like a guideline for how to make a bloodline oh, God damn it. i miss six so much yeah that's why they gave us the ghoul king character um mm. was because they were like oh well these guys are different enough that you can't just like make your own so we'll like release a whole thing for them um yeah but like if you wanted like a lamian blood dragon or necrarch you just kind of had to like build your character and be like that's what this is but there wasn't any kind of like good system for it yeah there, there was something um so special for sick like this is my main hope that when we get to old world that we get a little bit more of a um sick edition feel than anything else yeah my my personal favorite edition was was seventh but the, i think that's just because the books had the most like those were the biggest books lore wise but it's because yeah. they were literally the sixth edition books but then they added on what happened after the storm of chaos but like mm. sixth edition, seventh edition, I would agree that sixth, seventh was like the stories were so good. They were so stories, good. Gameplay was more balanced because let's be honest, as much as I love eighth, it was kind of broken. <laughs> yeah, I uh, six six was a. I like sixth edition. I I don't like the magic system as much. Um, yeah. Like eighth edition's magic system was much much, better, yeah. much harder to abuse than six yeah. and seventh um because god i just i remember fighting vampire counts in six and it was just okay i'm gonna cast uh i'm gonna cast <laughs> i'm gonna cast uh uh invocation of the heck oh, okay uh they throw one die okay i got it oh how many they're like how many dispel dice do you have seven how many power dice do you have 21 <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna cast invocation of the heck 21 times <laughs> there's just <laughs> nothing you could do um but yeah it was just uh there was just something so special about it like uh i hope that when we get old world it's just a mix of everything like get all the best stuff from each of the editions what what magic system do you want 
Do you want do you want to go back to cards or do you like the more modern system? I kind of like the more modern systems, in all honesty. I think that the eighth one was decent enough that it was just okay. Uh, you could still abuse it a little bit because, like, Vampire Counts definitely still abused it. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, like, a little, it wasn't a little too abuse bad. is fine. <laughs> yeah. A little bit is okay because it allows for, for, for meta listing and all that shit. But if you're playing narrative, you're good. As long as it isn't, like, as long as Steadfast doesn't exist again, we're, we're good because that was just... Yeah, too much. yeah. Uh, a rule that makes cavalry and flanking not matter at all. I, yeah. Pff, please, God, no. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. They definitely need to. If if they go with the eighth system, uh, like I hope vortex spells come back. I imagine they will. Uh, but they yeah. definitely need to make them much more consistent. Um, because like some of the vortex spells were fine. Like they weren't that big of a deal. Like the like the great <laughs> maw spell wasn't that big of a deal. The fire spells were fine. But like. Fuck purple sun. sun. <laughs> Fuck purple sun. Fuck dwellers below. Um, like the 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 insta kill spells. No, sir. Like yeah. I'm totally fine with them making spells that are like this spell targets a character, and if it goes off, it does d3 wounds that can't be like ignores ward saves and yeah. armor saves. Like okay, that's fine. You know, a way to kill those super tank characters. But we don't yeah. need a fucking single dice roll or you're dead spell. Like that is yeah. so dumb. There was a lot of overpowered magic. I mean, I, I've seen Purple Sun end the game by turn two. Like, I've, I've seen it end games on turn one. <laughs> I haven't had the pleasure of that. I've seen Tomb Kings kill themselves in turn one. Hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I will never forget seeing an ogre player lose on turn one because a Dark Elf took a, sorcer a Supreme Sorceress on a Pegasus, put her on the deployment line, turn one, moved 20 inches onto the ogre kingdom's flank and then six dice an overcast purple sun straight down his battle line and oh. dead. instantly dead it was game over oh oh my god <laughs> that was oh. it was over I felt that yeah nothing he could do um but yeah like you know I, we've all seen like game one or turn or turn one games but it's usually because like you know, you cast a spell and your and your slum mage priest miscasts and kills himself. Uh, with yeah. most of the temple guard, I've definitely done that. <laughs> That's fucking terrifying! Oh my god! Oh, and I, yeah. I've, I've had it. I've had it. I actually, I miscast once when I was using Skitter Leap on my Gracier to get him the hell away from the fighting, and he, <laughs> he got sucked into the wolf. Was his name Legend? I don't think Legend would actually like tabletop games. I think the dice rolling would drive him insane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, last time, uh, last time I, uh, I I spoke to him. Uh, not not last time because we've been speaking uh, recently, but it was during the time of like uh, Warhammer Two. I was telling him, "Is like you would probably love the game because it's so easy to abuse. Like you could make some really disgusting shit." Oh yeah, but man, like dice. It's it's such a. I've seen so many people that are like hardcore numbers people, and like mm. they like break games all the time that they play. And they can't stand like Warhammer Fantasy because the dice yeah. will just be like, hey, that's a cool strategy you got, but fuck you. <laughs> it's always interesting when you see a guy arrive to a tournament with a notepad and a fucking calculator, right? Yeah, and it's like, that's not going to help you, son. <laughs> no, <laughs> knowing the odds does nothing. <laughs> this game, yeah. I don't care. Just I don't care ones. what people say. You're like, ah, yes, statistically, I have leadership 10 and reroll because my battle standard bearer and you roll two 12s. Like, 
<laughs> you know, it's just it happens. Um, uh, I had a friend like that. I had a friend who ended up um, uh, huge douchebag, but uh, he was uh, he he ended up being an architect. Uh, like he he did architecture and ended up doing that. I'm assuming he's doing very well for himself these days. But he would always try to play Math Hammer. And he fucking sucked at the game. <laughs> like, he always got his ass handed to him. Uh, like, because, like, his dice would just be like, that's a cute strategy. Uh, like, he'd go for, like, those epic, like, he'd set up these cool, awesome flank charges and just never make the charge roll ever. Mm. <laughs> it was so painful to watch. Math Bamba is, it, it's like, it's, po it's possible for 40K, where 40K, there's so many things, but, like, not, 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 not for fantasy. And fantasy was like, you're done with shooting. You're done. There's no rerolls. There's no this yeah, unless I, you had like a little bit, but that's it. I see it a lot in AOS now. Uh, Math Hammer is very, very popular among like the high tables in AOS. Mm. So clearly, it's like working. But like, and I, I just, I distinctly recall in fantasy, just it, just not, <laughs> just not really being a reliable system. That's um, all. That's all. Cause like you'd be like, oh, I took this like magic heavy build so that I could really like do all these things. And then you'd be like, okay, I gotta roll for my winds of magic. Two. <laughs> you get two power dice, and you're just like, oh fuck. <laughs> I just spent fifteen hundred points on wizards and I have no spells. Um, like fancy had a level of randomness to it that you just could not counter. Um yeah. Like there was no guarantees <laughs> in fantasy. I think I think that's why I like the game so much. Oh yeah, me too. Like it it was much less prone to abuse. Like, you know, you'd find a green skin player and you'd be like, ah, oh, green skins, I can handle them. And he's like, okay, I gotta roll for uh, animosity, and he rolls like all sixes, so his entire <laughs> army charges across the table, turn one. You're like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> I can't do anything. <laughs> um it's and other times, uh, other times, like he, a green skin player would be winning, and then he starts rolling animosity, rolls all ones, and his units start attacking each other, and it's just, it's mm -hmm. great, it's hilarious. There was the only time we actually did get math hammer, I think, was uh, end times, uh, specifically if you were a chaos player, because you remember summon the infernal legions. That was a bastard of a spell. Mm. It was just, it was broken as shit because you couldn't dispel that for some reason. It's like, oh yeah, I'm, I, I've come with a massive line of characters, and you think uh, easy. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to summon in 20 blood letters, 20 blood letters, 20 blood letters, and another 20 blood letters. It's like, you bastard. Yeah, well, yeah, the end times were not balanced at all. Like, it was yeah. it was like old school Forge World wrote the rules. Um, mm -hmm. Like, it, like they, they, they were literally just stupid fun. Like, in my yeah. tournaments I went to, all the summoning spells were banned because they were yeah. so unbalanced. Because Too otherwise, much. otherwise someone would show up with the gash and the lore of undeath, and he'd just be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna summon two thousand points in one turn." Yeah, <laughs> and you're just like, yeah. "What the fuck?" Like, I don't... Uh, yeah, so absolutely insane, absolutely fucking insane. Because you could overcast it and then get the um, what's it called? Um, oh shit, me! You could start like getting the really good units in, couldn't you? You could summon characters. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, could summon, you could summon you could summon heroes and lords. <laughs> <laughs> and you were it was like oh yeah you can summon a character worth x amount of points but if you overcast they could be worth even more points so you could mm. literally give them magic items and shit and like customize their equipment it wasn't it wasn't like oh you get a white king on foot no you were like oh well i've got 275 points according to this spell so i'm gonna take a vampire i'm gonna give him these mm. powers and it, it was just like did that bitch just summon a blender lord for free <laughs> like, yeah what, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um 
yeah oh, it was fuck. it was it was it was it was an interesting time uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun it was just stupid like you just yeah. it, you just couldn't take it to a tournament like it would ruin tournaments but it, it was fun in like personal play i was banned when the last book happened uh when I, what was that is that the uh lord of chaos one was that the last one archaeon yeah book five yeah book five yeah was so fucking weird when that came out, I was banned from playing my Skaven because Skaven then got uh, assimilated into Chaos, didn't they? Yep. So I, I had fucking Gracias doing Summon the Infernal Legions. Yeah, Warhost of the Everchosen, literally every single Chaos faction got combined into one army, and it was so dumb. <laughs> it was Dude, so imagine stupid. a fucking... <laughs> imagine a fucking Gracia summoning in fucking units of plane bearers as a front line. Yeah, it was, it was the most absurd thing in the universe like glockin wasn't glockin was a lot where yeah. it was like you got the demon summoning beastmen could take marks again and you could combine beastmen warriors and demons um it was a lot but like it was tolerable and then book four shows up and skaven get fucking storm fiends and all the new uh the new thankful and all the new vermin lords and then book five came out and was like yeah just throw the new skaven in there and everyone was like what the fuck am i supposed to like this uh yeah warhost of the ever chosen was absolute bullshit <laughs> it was so unbalanced but uh oh. it was fun yeah. <laughs> good times the, the end times may have had shit lore but the the rules were genuinely hilarious yeah. <laughs> i will i will give them i will give them that much um all right uh and that's our show yeah uh Thank you, everyone, so much for joining us today. Uh, we really, really hope this was, whoops, uh, we really hope this was fun and you had a good time. Uh, we, we uh, I, I think we're doing, you know, we had a good show. It was over seven hours, which is seven hours, two hours. Uh, Let's say, fuck uh, <laughs> I was like, whoa. Um, so hopefully you all had a lot of fun. Um, we will be back next week, same time, same place. Um, more to talk about uh hopefully some cool shits from ca hopefully they will intentionally reveal some things we can talk about next week and uh that'll let's be hope, fingers crossed yeah let's hope um and uh yeah anything anything to add nathan oh uh, okay actually first anything you got coming up this week any big videos you want people to be on the lookout for any major streams whatever uh, well Hopefully this week, if everything goes according to plan, I will do that 24-hour stream session, which will then turn into a video. So uh, 2,000 points of Nurgle Demons. Uh, using a lot of contrast paints, I'll be very honest with you, because uh, I am not going to do it the traditional way. Yeah, why would you? Contrast paints look great, and they're so... Like, you can always add to them later. Like, they're so... Exactly. Like, I, saying that as someone that's never used them, <laughs> they just... They look so efficient. So I'm giving myself 24 hours, a full stream, 24 hours because uh, I, I, I need to get rid of this backlog. I really, really do. So that that's kind of the plan. Um, hopefully, hopefully CA will keep consistent with news drops and we'll just keep with that because I think that would be kind of cool. And you never know, still hoping, blue bald as hell, that we'll get some info on Old World because it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> it has. Um, like, I've been waiting for them it's, to kind of show off because it, it, it feels like it should be happening any day now um it's like six months hasn't it been since the last drop yeah something like that um like i am 
Yeah, just it's been a long, long time. I don't know why it's, it's taking them so long. It's really weird. Yeah, neither do I. Um, hmm. But you know, hopefully we'll get, hopefully we'll get something soon. Yeah, let's hope. Fucking hell, because like, uh, I'm still excited. I'm still excited, but like, I want to know something. I just want to know stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Okay, so keep an eye out for that 24-hour paint stream. Uh, I'm sure that will be loony, so y'all will want to. I would encourage people to check that out. Um, obviously there's just so much shit going on with Total War right now. Uh, the embargo for battles dropped, so there's been lots of battle footage coming out. Um, I know I've been doing a terrible job. <laughs> I sure haven't really done battles. I, I'm just like, give me the campaign, bitch. Just give me the campaign. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, um, there will be stuff happening this week, and. Uh, Keep an eye on our channels and uh, make sure you're following us here on Twitch and are subbed mm. over on YouTube so you don't miss any. And OnlyFans. Yep, totally. Yeah, we'll 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 soon be releasing the uh, Nakari versus the Twins video over there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, we should probably get out of here. Um, yeah. Thanks everyone so much for watching. Uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Bye. -bye.